Welcome back to the Attack Podcast. As always, I'm your host, a piece of fabric used to help baby fish eat, Jay. And joined as always is my co-host, Jabba the Hutt's assistant, Z. How are you doing today, Z? I'm doing pretty good. Now, did you, now what am I referencing I'm here? I'm trying to piece it together. This, yours is like oh, the biggest wait, wait, hit. Wait, 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 say the first part again? To help a baby what? A piece of cloth, a fabric used to help a baby fish eat. A baby fish? Yeah. The baby. Don't think about what a baby fish is called. That may have lead. That may lead you astray. Okay, so baby Jabba's assistant is Bib Fortuna. Oh, there you go. Oh, a Bib Fortuna. A Bib Fortuna. A Bib Fortuna. I was oh, very man. proud when I thought of that one. That's pretty good. Yeah, because I'm like, because you. I don't know. The, yeah, the fish. Th- I was like, what do we use to help fish eat? I was like, this is this is this is some kind of science joke. I don't understand. I don't know what tools they use to help <laughs> fish eat. But I see. It's a bib. Because then I was like, wait, Bib Fortuna, and then I was like, Bib. I bet I just said to say it a lot. Bib Fortuna. There you go. Good one, Jack. That is fun. Classic stuff. Look at that. We all have fun. We have fun around here in the Akatech. We're just having fun. We're good little guys. That's right. Speaking of Jack, we had a movie this week with the goofiest of guys. Bunch of, well, depends on. One of them is a, a cool and rad guy. He's not too goofy. He's cool but rude. He's cool but rude. You're right. But he's still kind of goofy. That's true. They're, They're all goofy. It's, uh, the nin- it's the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You the man. goofiest, raddest, most cowabunga dudes around. Good with machines. Yeah. They, they say Riz more than you'd expect. Well, I expected them to say Riz. Did I tell you they were going to say Riz? No. Good. I was glad I could, because I, I knew they were going to say Riz. I, I saw you, an interview where one of them was like, yeah, man, like they, they just want us to be real teens, and like we'd say something, and they'd be like, put that in. Seth would be like, we'd say like Riz, and they'd be like, put that in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Seth was fucking begged. He was like, put that shit in the movie. I don't fucking care. Uh, But yeah, so I told Colin that, like as we were sitting there, in the th- I was like, Colin, they say Riz in this. <laughs> Now I didn't. I did not expect them to say the Aki way. The little bacon, egg, and cheese riff. They do that. <laughs> they. I think it's Mikey's. Like he's molly whopping me. <laughs> yeah, he does say molly. A lot of a lot of uh, timely references, which like I think is cool. I think so. One of the things I think in general that's cool about the the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as like a property is that it's been around for a good. What is that? Eighty. Almost forty years. Forty years. Yeah. And um, it's done that thing where like it's you know, had many iterations throughout that and it's constantly evolving and changing and keeping up with people, right? And mm-hmm. like Star Wars, that's one of the things I say is cool about Star Wars, right? Is that there's always kind of a new jumping on point. So you have like the original cartoon, which is one of those things that only exists uh, like a lot of stuff in the 80s to sell the toys. <laughs> like it's just nonsense if you really yeah. think about it, right? Like what are what are they? What's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle? And then all their, all their you know, villains are... We go back far enough, you do the comic. Well, that's true. It, is the, it was the comic first, you're right. That's not really for kids, though. It was like a. Mark. It really wasn't. Yeah, it was kind of weird. So like, it's and it's interesting in that way that like it started as this like it was like a it was like a Daredevil parody largely because yeah, like, that's why they're the Foot Clan. Yeah, the Foot Clan. They're all, it's like a weird edgy. They're all they all are like the same. They all have the same. There's no colors. They're not yeah, fun. They're, no they're like angry. Yeah, they're they're all just kind of doing that. They're, they're doing that gritty teeth move that they do still sometimes. But you that, that cartoon and then you had like the '90s um live action movies. Then you had like 2003, they had a show that was just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. That's one I remember, like from when we were weans. I had on the PlayStation 2, I had Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 Mutant Nightmare video oh, game. Wow. That was pretty cool. And then 2007, there was that movie, do you remember TMNT, which had like Chris Evans in it? I don't remember that movie. That was, was like a CGI one. And then like 2012, they had one that was probably just called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Probably. And then relatively recently, they had the I think Michael 2018. Bay one. Well, oh, that's right, the Michael Bay movies. And then like 2018, they had like 
it was called Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Right, yeah. Which was another new show. So there's just, you know, and now there's this. And, like, I just think that's neat. And so I think, while perhaps it will maybe not... It'll, it'll make it age more, I guess, right? Like, more quickly, maybe? Yeah. You remember, like, the What Are Those joke in uh, Black I Panther? Mean. Which was pretty much by the time it came out was already outdated. Oh, yeah. I Is guess he... it's kind of like that, right? We're looking back, maybe you'll be like, oh, they say Riz too much. They say sus. Like... But also, I mean, there was a there was a period where teenagers were saying Riz a lot. Listen, we still say Riz. I'm going to say it. Well, it's not fully gone era. yet, we're... but maybe we're, I mean, we're... If we're Warhammer 40k, we're on the back end of the golden age, but we're still we're still doing it. Because we're not teenagers, so maybe the fact that it's trickled down to us means it's already on its way out. We're old now. We're twenty somethings. We're we're basically dead. We're we, to them to a fifteen year old. I might as well be dead and gone. But I think that's cool. I do think it's interesting that like they made that. That's a big. That's one of the big like defining characteristics. I would say of this movie is that every all the turtles are actually voiced by teenagers, not like adults grown like grown ass men like that's pretty much always been right mm-hmm. i think that's cool again they're using like actual lingo and stuff which is endearing in, in a certain way and like it would be more appealing to like kids i think right oh yeah for sure now there's that thing right they say this about like children's media is that kids like watching stuff about characters that are few years older than they are right yeah. like kids like 10 year olds don't actually want to watch shows about 10 year olds they want to you know or 15-year-olds because I can, like, oh, I could be that when I'm 15. And then, like, a 15-year-old wouldn't really maybe necessarily want to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Although, I mean, you and I went to see Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we're much older than 15 at this point. We're basically dead. It's not so bad. So, but yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think that's cool. Did you did you like that? Did you find it too, too grating? I, I didn't find it grating. I was just like, huh, they're doing that a lot. But I was like, I mean, they're 15. It makes sense. I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, I can't believe they're doing this again. The one thing, the bacon, egg, and cheese thing, I was like, this has gone on far too long. But that was also. Which was the idea. That was, yeah, I was going to say, that was at least half of that joke. Yeah. Is that April? Because that, right before that, right? That's when they're like, you got to record everything we do, April. It's so cool. And she's like, are you sure? A lot of it's dumb. And then, she, and then <laughs> like immediately they do that. And she's like, yeah, this is, this is horrible. This is useless. <laughs> but yeah, I thought all the turtles were, I, all the voices are cool. I don't think I really knew any of them because they are all like. 15 year old very young yeah i don't know what kind of stuff they've done they're probably in like a disney show <laughs> disney show or like a play or something some very like low um, budget thing uh the art style of this i wasn't crazy about no um i didn't i didn't like the way the people looked so that's it, a thing it was like kind of distracting how weird they looked because here's the thing because like the the turtles look very normal look like are like the most normal creatures of like the whole yeah. thing and then everyone else is like a weird picasso-esque person that's true there's a lot everyone's kind that picasso asks is a good way to describe it because a lot of them are um asymmetrical yeah <laughs> like their, their faces are very asymmetric not even just like weirdly shaped it's just like hard angles yeah, yeah only april is the only human who has like a regular face just about at least that we see very much of it all mm-hmm. that's true i wonder if that's intentional I would I mean, than, but i mean beyond just like ah oh, it'd be a fun interesting goofy kind of thing to do but is it like supposed to be thematic but they're the weird ones. We're all different, so the turtles aren't so different. Because look at us. We're all asymmetrical, too. Yeah, but they're know. all turtle monsters. I don't know if there's something... Because, yeah, they, they, they did kind of make the humans look much stranger than the turtles, which, listen, obviously the whole point of this and a lot of the a lot of the different uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle adaptations that, like, look, they're cool. They should be accepted. They shouldn't have to live in the sewers, right? That's great and all. But they still they are strange. They would, be, they would be very strange creatures to behold. Yeah, they'd be horrifying monsters. So... I mean, it wouldn't be. Listen, 
if you see if you saw a giant rat man running around Times Square and you and you were like, oh, this is a real giant rat person thing, you kill that, with you I mean, kill that, with fire. That would be distressing, I think. And not only that, he was holding four like baby turtle things with hands and feet. Like, what's going on? This is no good. But again, I would say that element of this movie is pretty standard to your, your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle stuff, right? It was like yeah. that in the first Bay movie. It's like that in the one from the 90s where it's like, well, we don't want to have to live in the sewers. We should be accepted. It smells bad. Please, let That's us out. Cool. So it's glad that worked out. Obviously, they get you know it works out for them because they do save the city. Um, the main villain of this is Superfly. Voiced by Ice Cube. What do you think of him? Um, also kind of gross, but he's a mutant. I thought oh, yeah. Was... Well, he's And he's also the villain, so he gets yeah. to really just be gross and scary or whatever. Uh, I thought it was fine. Uh, his big, like, I absorb all the animals thing. I don't I don't super get that. Why the mutant gin made him absorb the animals into his yeah. body. I, I, I actually would agree with that. And I think that was kind of an uninteresting thing to do for this movie and these characters, right? To have your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fight a big kaiju at the end? That doesn't really feel like they're kind of... Jam. Skill set, right? Yeah, they usually fight a, either a guy, a, a little brain monster from Dimension X, Grang, or a ninja guy in a big metal suit. Shredder. Or those, um... Or the evil Ninja Turtles. The Triceratops dinosaurs. Hmm? You're not, you're not a... I don't know what the Triceratops... Who are these? Are they just the Triceratops fellas? <laughs> I don't know. Give them a Googs. I'll give them a Googs. If you Google here. TMNT Triceratops. Yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'll get, you'll get them right quick. Uh... Or or any number of mutated creatures, but I just yeah, making him a big monster that they have to fight. I, that's Triceratons. Look, see, it's pretty. <laughs> I was barely off. <laughs> They're just called the Triceratons. Those guys are in mutant. Yeah, uh, these fucking clowns. <laughs> yeah, look at them. It's so ridiculous. Those guys are in mutant nightmare. So they invade the city and like kidnap April, and you gotta save her. Good old April O'Neil. But why Triceratops? Why not, man? Of all the, I mean, you know, fair enough. They're like they're like the ones you find the most. That's like the um. That's like the freaking Rick and Morty episode, huh? Where like the dinosaurs leave and become aliens. Oh, so yeah. maybe the Triceratops achieved like you know interdimensional travel or interstellar travel, and then they come back and they're like, "What have you done?" It says here on the wiki, yeah, that their homeworld was destroyed. So they're like the Skrulls. Okay, but it said they probably make a better show. Does it say them. why? Why they're Triceratops or like oh, why asking it- a lot? <laughs> Why is it that these aliens look exactly like Triceratops? But how would they know this? Um, An alien um, dinosaur race. How are they an alien dinosaur race? You can't be both. It's one or the other, surely. (laughs) I would hope. Let's see what it says on the the dinosaur tab. Great. Um, April was voiced in this one by I I guess I don't really know the lady from the bear. The lady from the bear. Yeah. Are you at a beery? Little foreshadowing. Yeah. I I when I noticed that I was like, oh, that's a fun little connective tissue for something this week. Now there was more. More animated vomit than I expected a film to have. Yeah, uh, wasn't a huge fan. I got they showed that a lot. Well, it didn't. Okay, you, the cartoon vomit bothered you. It was. Just, I didn't want to see it. I need to see it so much. Fair enough. I didn't think it's uh, the fact that they made her puke at the end as well. I was yeah. Like, well, I, I feel like undercut. It's moment. a movie and all, and it's so whatever you need to happen to happen. But I feel like the whole point is that she doesn't throw if, up. If puke girl was a girl at my school, and then. She ended up on the actual news and then also just puked there. Whatever else she was saying, the substance of it would be completely lost. I wouldn't lost, call her I April O'Hero. I wouldn't. I but I, I mean, I probably I would like to think I wouldn't call her Puke Girl either. Right, just scroll that in our locker. Yeah, yeah, so I just went through it. But I wouldn't. I'm saying I w- Listen, I'm not saying me as in like literally just the broil me, you know? Yeah. I just feel like people wouldn't. <laughs> no, yeah. That's all right, though. Good for her. She gets it. She's um, cool in this, I guess. An aspiring reporter, which makes. Makes sense. You may as well make her a teenager as well while you're at it, right? Because, yeah. like, normally, 
when they're teenagers, she's actually she's a she's a real life reporter. Yeah, because she's, she's like, like a, a genuine career individual person. Mm-hmm. Although I'm, I think like the thirteen one also made it so that she was around their age. Around their age, so I think a lot of them do. That's a, I feel like it's a more recent. Well, I guess I don't know because Mike. I feel like in the '90s movies, they're pretty. They're kind of weird and you know maybe a little pervy about it. Oh no, and also no, maybe it's the Bay ones. Yeah, because she's Megan Fox. She's Megan, and they're very weird about it. She's Megan Fox. It's Michael Bay with Megan Fox. I don't know if they, so. Maybe is that an original thing? Was that a thing in the, sh- in the original show where the turtles were all? Because also a lot of the time her boyfriend is hockey stick. Casey guy. Jones, yeah, hockey stick guy. Yeah, right with that part of the lore. I feel like that makes more sense. Listen again, nothing against the turtles; they're good guys and all, but like they're how does turtle that even monsters. Work? Come on, right? Do they're we? Not, they're not really even guys. That's the thing. The closest thing to guys, their dad, who is Jackie Chan, Rad. He's cool. Yeah, yeah, um, he's Jackie Chan. Right? Jackie Chan once again playing a um, animated kung fu master teaches four aspiring masters uh, students. He was What's Master Wu? Well, I guess there's not four of them in that movie. He's in Master Wu. Oh, Ninjago. in the Lego Ninjago yeah. movie. But good, in that one, there's not four ninjas because oh, there's six. Kai's sister and the Green Ninja. Yeah, Lloyd. there's been six for a long time, Jack. Well, you're hey, behind man, the time. I'm going off the original canon. Original canon. The first season. In the the first season, season introduced the f- fifth ninja, though. To be fair, fine. Beginning of the first season, <laughs> but um, let's try it. I thought you were going because isn't he in? I thought you were making a Kung Fu Panda reference, but I think in Kung Fu Panda he's the monkey. Yeah, he's the monkey. He's not the leader, so no, he's not Shifu or Master Ugwe. He's cool in this. He's good. Yeah, I liked his whole like um, I don't know. I can I, I guess like I said, I've I have like a passing knowledge. I'm not like super encyclopedic about my turtles turtles lore, but I think I feel like they played up the like. What would you call it? People who are afraid to go outside. What is that? Phobia? Um, agoraphobia. Yeah, he's. I feel like they're playing up that nature of him. And I did. Th- oh, okay. Listen, I thought it was a pretty good. The running gag of like get, getting milked for your blood, and then it yeah. actually happened. That's pretty good, right? Because like, they're all like, you? "Why do you keep bringing that up?" Because it sounds like an absurd thing to happen, but then of course it does just happen. That's pretty good. And it's called like the milk. The literal like the mega, mega milk or two thousand or whatever. Very funny. Uh, I he's like, like, wait, what was this? What are they doing? Wait, what's that machine? And they're like, oh, and he's like, no, they were, I told you, see, I told you. <laughs> I like when they say rat, like, hey, don't use that word like that. <laughs> Sorry, dad. I didn't did think it was funny when they meet April. Dantel's like, dad's totally not a giant rat. <laughs> it makes me think that he, he is a giant rat, actually. <laughs> yep. Uh, uh, the turtles want to be real boys like Pinocchio and the one in high school. So Again, that's a classic, classic. kind of plot for them. Um, they go to high school at night. April has access to the school at night at yeah, I guess so. Why? <laughs> she make a key? She stole a key from the janitor? Um, uh, that's all right. Uh, Leo wants has a crush on her. They're all giving him guff about mm-hmm. it. It's fun. I think in the 2012 one, it was Mikey. That makes sense. He's the, I mean, he's the cool and red dude. He's the party guy. So. He's the party guy. Um, Cowabunga. I, like I did like the montage of them like beating up all the guys at all the different oh, yeah, places. It, it's cuts, fun. That, yeah, that yeah. was a cool sequence. It's cool. And then, yeah, I mean, it's nice that, like, most of the villains are rehabilitated, right? They're just like, you're not so bad. Yeah. Even, like, long-time villains. Be and Rocksteady. It made Rocksteady's head so big. It was distractingly large. <laughs> I mean, I knew that. I guess the art style is all exaggerated, but his head. is Which one is Seth Rogen's Bebop, right? Yeah. John Cena's Rocksteady. Good on him. That's fun. And then, who could forget the best character? Mondo the Gecko. Mondo Gecko. I mean, he was just rad. He is pretty rad. He's a good one. Um... We looked it up. I all apparently them all except for the cockroach. Maybe no. I th- I found her too. Oh, you did. The only one who you would say is kind of a new one is Superfly, but that's because normally Baxter Stockman accidentally turns himself into, into a big fly monster, a la 
the fly. fly. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum was the fly one, two, and three, perhaps. <laughs> so in this one, they just made it so that it was a fly. I want to know the what did it, what the fly start as? I guess he was just a big. I guess like that was like when he was a little baby, and then yeah. he got bigger. I don't know because he he looks over and he's like, I'm gonna. And I was like, wait a minute, that's a that's a massive fly you have in that crib, Baxter Stockman. What are you doing? <laughs> Well, shouldn't it be like a larva or something? It's a yeah, fly. Yeah, right? It was just a big... It was a huge fly. But uh, Why does it grow human legs and like one arm? Mutate himself? Well, I mean, the listen, if you're going to try to yeah, worry well, about the mechanics of the ooze, we're going to be here a while. That's true. It does make... Because it, it does just always... It seems to, no matter what, turn you into a vaguely humanoid approximation of your... With the age, like, proportionally mapped out. And also, you know, with the intelligence of a human, basically. Some variety, because Donatello's just real smart. He's like a smart. Well, yeah, he's like a smarter one, but they're all like, you know, capable of speech. And they all become capable of like complex thought. Yeah. Stuff. They're burdened with consciousness. Yeah, exactly. Like the rest of us. Uh, God. Even the turtles aren't free. He's that classic plot that you get in a lot of like genre stuff, right? Where it's like, I'll make you all mutants or whatever. I'll kill every human utter. I'll make everybody into a lizard, and then, then it'll be cool. Yeah. He keeps, I feel like. He's saying he's going to kill the humans, but he's like, and then the humans that are left. It's like, well, isn't the whole point that they're all just going to die in the first go-around? Well, the overwhelming majority would. But he it, says then they'll be, like, slaves and stuff. Yeah, they'll do, like, human shows or human whatever. Race. He said they'll do baby races. Human shows. Yeah, pretty just, it was, it was pretty full-on. I did. I thought, what, do we know what this is rated? PG. It's just PG, huh? Yeah. Listen, I don't want to, like, I don't want to, um, you know, exaggerate here or anything, but I did thought it... it, it I feel like it towed the line a little more than I might have expected. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, I can see that, yeah. I was kind of impressed by that sense. Again, I'm not trying to like say it was downright... Gory. Gory or anything, but it was kind of like... he said. I feel like he says damn and hell a few times, Superfly does and stuff, and yeah, he is talking about like killing everyone and slaving humans and stuff. I was like, okay, man, he's, he's not he's not really mincing words. It's not like vague, generic, like, ooh, I'll do villainy, I'm going to get rid of humans and have my... He's literally just like... Yeah, I'll kill them all and make them my slaves. All the ones who live will be mine. And you're like, whoa, okay, that's, listen. Okay, he's got some clear goals. I mean, yeah, he's determined. I like the little Ice Cube reference where he just says, 10 in the morning, police at my door. <laughs> Can't go wrong with that. Um, They all help him in the end. They show a very visceral se- a shot of Shredder's broken foot at the climax of this film. <laughs> which splinters? Is, yeah. Yeah, splinters. Shredder? Oh, yeah. Splinters. I named it too close. They're pretty close. Yeah, well, he'd be rat guy. <laughs> Why can't it just be like another famous like inventor or painter? Why it to be like another just a random other word? Because Daredevil's mentor's name is Stick. Oh well, I didn't know. So that. the turtle's mentor is Splinter. Okay, well you know, ask and answered. Which part of that did you not know? The the part about the oh all of it, frankly. I'll be hundred percent honest. Okay, but you knew the hand and foot thing. That's all I knew. I learned that recently. What do you mean? That's all you knew? That's all I knew. That that's all I knew about like the Daredevil. Their whole origin is. So okay, so Daredevil. Do you know Daredevil's origin? He gets blinded by the chemicals, and then, in, which are in the sewer, that treatment plant. <laughs> Somewhere his dad works, right? No, his dad's a boxer. Again, not great with Daredevil. So it's, a, so it's an old man crossing the street. There's a, like a runaway truck with chemicals. Daredevil pushes the man out of the way. The crush, the truck crashes. The chemicals get in his eyes somehow. It, whatever you, you can envision okay, this. Yeah. So the idea, the joke there, or whatever the parody of it is that then the chemicals run down the sewers. Is part of the crash, oh. and they get on the turtles, which is not the main one now, but that's the original comic one. Okay. And so Daredevil's mentor's name is Splinter, or Stick. Like, the turtles oh. is Splinter. Okay. The hand clan, the foot clan. clan. You get it. Now I get it. All right. It wasn't just the hand and foot thing. I, I really didn't know. 
There's probably even more that I'm not. Is Shredder, Shredder's gotta be it. Shredder rip on someone? I don't know. What about Krang? Is he rip on Kingpin? He's a big. I mean, is Krang like Kang? That I mean, that's not really a Daredevil they're, thing, though. I don't know. I don't. Know. Well, I don't know how much of that comes from the original comics, anyways, or, oh, or okay. how how quickly they abandon the whole the, yeah. that element of it. Krang really definitely seems like an '80s thing. Only black white indie comics have a purple as a have a pink brain man from Dimension X. Yeah, I, re- I, d- I really don't know how much of the of the lore of Turtles is from the original Eastman and Laird run, but I know they did recently. They did that one where what if Michelangelo was the last one and the rest of them were ghosts on his head. Ooh, you yeah, they put the Randall Thor on the last one. Ronin. We talked about last Ronin on the show before. Yeah, because it was like a twist. Or was it, it was a secret for the first couple. Like which which turtle is it? Who's the last one? Although I feel like it was like it's obviously gonna be. So gonna be the, he's the he's the he's the silly one. Happy go lucky one. Now he's the sad one. Yeah, I know they're uh, in the caravan of garbage from the Weekly Planet. Yeah. A podcast that is in no way like our podcast. Um, they talk about there was a comic where uh, Rock City caves in Mikey's head with a sledgehammer. Jeez. It's pretty grass. It's a bottle of that hammer. They don't show his kid and skull, but then I mean, they show everything else. Jeez. Yeah. So Mikey's not safe. Even you know, either either you die by a giant rhino man, or you live long enough to see your brothers die and become ghosts in your head. There you go. But yeah, I mean, so a lot of people are saying this is like the best movie, the best turtles movie ever, and I was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> the yeah. ones I've seen, yeah, those those bay ones are goofy. They're too big in that, and they're too. I feel like that's one where. Opposite end of the spectrum is this one in terms of like embracing the teenage aspect of that. Yeah, that one teenage. I think I actually, th- I think they say in that video, don't they, that they wanted to just call it Ninja Turtles. I don't. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that sounds right. He wanted to completely abandon even calling them the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because yeah, there's nothing in that movie to ever suggest that they would be teenagers or six foot five hulks. Which I don't even know how much. I, like I said, I mean, I don't know enough to know adaptation to adaptation which ones lean. Into that or not? Like, is the original cartoon is their age really relevant? I don't really think it is because they don't. I mean, they really aren't often like going to school or anything. On yeah. account of them being turtles who live in the sewers, turtles. So, yeah, or yeah, mutant part. turtles. I guess the ninjas parts are relevant. Yeah, really. On the list of things that are important, ninja bottom of the list. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's probably the best one I've ever seen. Like I said, I think I've only seen it's this. Got a ninety-six one. on Rotten Tomatoes. Still, that's pretty damn good. You're kind of hard on it. You you give it a two and a half out of five yeah, on Letterbox. What is it? What, so everything we've said thus far seems pretty good. What? I didn't really like the art style. That really threw me off. I I mean that's part of it. Um, I mean the pop was fine, but it's just kind of it's a kids movie. Plot. I mean I don't know, not a lot to it. I'd say, but I mean it's a kids movie. What does that even mean though? I mean is that a, I don't know. I mean, Jake, you know what I'm gonna have to. Standard, you know what I have to bring just, up just now. Just a standard kids movie plot. You know what I have to bring up now. No, go ahead, bring it up. No, I because would. if you're if you're gonna say that this movie's bad because it's just a standard kids movie, it's not going above and beyond to be a good kids movie. Why is that deserving of a poor score? Because you've told me before that your your methodology is that if it does what it's trying to do, that's good enough. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't think it did it well. I think I think it did, but I don't think it did it particularly well. <laughs> I, I, I so now it's if it does it well enough for your liking, huh? That's well. Here's the thing. That's always how rankings. Listen, so, okay, so my thing is, I, I would say, listeners of the show, is it the perhaps the most um, tr- troublesome ranking and ja- all of Jack's letterbox to me is, is the film Hoodwinked. The most troublesome. That it's one? probably it's probably of all of them. It's the one I always come back to. Where Jack has given Hoodwinked like a four out of five, which is more rare than you might think in his scores, where he can be pretty harsh and and and, and a bit selective. And so I don't see why Hoodwink deserves a four out of five when so many others don't. And now, now when you sit, take Turtles and you give this, you give Mutant Mayhem two and a half. 
I think why is in what ways is Hoodwink that much better than Ninja Turtles here? Hmm? I think his comedy holds up better. Oh my god, you don't think the comedy? There's no way that if I showed you both side by side right now, you'd be like, man, this 2000 fucking six or whatever animated comedy holds up better than this. At least this is from the current year. Perhaps they never say Riz and Hoodwink. That's all I know. They really don't. That's true. But they're gonna. I. I mean, I don't know. Let's let's give it a quick Google. Actually, how it's doing. Box office wise. Box office wise. Because they are clearly planning another one. There's a post-credit scene where they're like, "Oh, the turtles, we gotta get them. Send in, send in the Shredder, and then it's Shredder, right? It's Shredder, baby. The classic. I mean, he's he's the big one, right? He's the guy. Other than he f- other than he fights Kang, he Krang. fights himself through time or something. I don't know. Sometimes, sure. Other than Krang, Oregon, the Triceratons. He's he's kind of. I like, hope the Triceratons show up. He's kind of the main dude, isn't he? Yeah. Um, first day. I'm seeing. Wow. Now see. Now I'm getting. Confl- <laughs> this is very funny. I'm getting conflicting information because we have we have some YouTube thumbnails where the graph is going up, <laughs> and we have some YouTube thumbnails where the graph is going down. Where am I supposed to believe? I'm I'm lost. Uh, okay. Box office. Moho Mojo says mutant mayhem. Uh, worldwide is fifty. So it maybe hasn't opened or doesn't have information for the international opening. But right now, domestically, it's at fifteen. Let's see what the budget was. It did that thing where it gave me the the autocorrect result for budget, and then as soon as I went to get it, it like vanished. <laughs> Seventy mils all. That's relatively cheap. That's not too bad. So yeah. it's not shouldn't be too hard for them to break even if it gets some steam. But I mean, that's not mind blowing. But also, it's still we're recording this. It's just Friday still, so uh, it's just barely released. It just released yesterday. Yeah, it just barely released. So the, if, if if that's its Wednesday Thursday numbers, that's not so bad. Going into the weekend, I'm sure it'll be fine. So and then they'll probably do another one. Oh yeah, and maybe again. It's, it's being received very well. So mm, if it makes money and people liked it. That's that's usually all you need to make more of them. We'll, we'll get it in a hundred years probably. I, they better put the Triceratons in there. You know, I might as well at this point. I mean, they're gonna have enough time to work them in. And crying, the crying and Shredder and the Triceratons. That's a little much. Put I don't care. Keep pushing off Shredder. Have him be in the background for like the next three, and be like, oh, but Shredder. I feel like Shredder's like. Under Krang, right? Isn't Krang like above Shredder in terms of like villain? Isn't he like the mastermind? Well, sometimes they work together. Sometimes they don't. I I would say Shredder's the more the most iconic. He well definitely is the most iconic. I'm just saying like in the terms of the narrative. But in terms of threat, I would definitely say Krang. He's like an interdimensional. Yeah, Krang's yeah. next level, dude. He's got that big robot man who carries him around. Yeah, no, Krang's Krang's is no. He's like an alien guy. He's very wet. Shredder. Just has he's ninja. He's, he's a, ninja. a ninja guy who's got ninja guys with him. That's cool and all, but. Yeah, no, Krang's a, a much larger scale threat. Frankly, it, it, it actually boggles the mind as to how, like, why the, the duty to defend Earth from Krang, from an interdimensional Demon alien conqueror, would fall to... To four teenagers, less than... No, like, I'm saying they're turtles, no, saying, they're mutants, and they're ninjas. Yeah, only, only use melee weapons, really. Yeah, no guns. I think a quick Glock really take care of Krang. I was talking to my coworker, I was like, I saw Ninja Turtles, and he was like, they should have guns. And I was like, then they're just the teenage... Nude mutant militia. Gunman turtles. <laughs> the hell? Like, that's no... What's... Where's the... Come on. Snipers. Don tells the sniper. Um, I was like, that's at least one quarter of the gimmick. I would probably argue more than one quarter of the gimmick. At least half ninjas. the gimmick, yeah. You, if you take that away, what are we even doing? They don't got to be teens. Like, Michael Bay. Again, yeah. They don't really have to be teens. The teens are just to sell more toys. So, yeah. Um, I thought it was good, and Jack hates fun. Which is your favorite, Jack? Do you know them all by name? I meant to do this. Did I do this last week? The turtles? You were talking shit about turtles? I did. I, was I, was talking, like, I can't believe you did I was talking this. mad shit about turtles. I was going to be like, do you know them all, all, to, all by, by name? The four turtles? Yeah. 
Yeah. All right. I didn't know. Donatello, Leonardo, Michelangelo, Raphael. I've here's the thing. I've watched the other crap battle of history. I know oh, the turtles before he doesn't. Well, yeah, and their famous characteristics band. and why well, should have done? I should have definitely done before last before we've seen it because this will do it all. But I was I should ask you then if you knew off the top of your head which ones were all which and what they all did and everything. Oh yeah, I knew that. I for sure knew all oh, that. Okay, you did. Okay, That's I'm good. familiar. You're, so you really are just a hater. Oh, for sure. Right. That's on brand for me, though. Just wait till Blue Beetle comes out. Ooh, mama. Fucking Blue Beetle. No, that's fine, but okay, but it sounds like you, I would wager you know more about the Turtles than, than you do about Blue Beetle. Uh, probably. Maybe a little, yeah, maybe a little bit more. Because I only know Blue Beetle from the Young Justice show. Yeah, I know. And that's like 10, and I don't know how, I don't remember. All I remember is like there's the one from Mars, and the scabbards are evil, but his isn't because it isn't. Like, are I mean, you just thinking of the Martians? Hmm? Isn't that just the Martians? No, the Martians get their own. There's where, in, there's, where there's the the White Martians are evil, except Miss Mar- Miss Martians, who's who's not. There is that, but there's also in the blue. There's a blue beetle. Plot also, line. the blue beetles are also from Mars. Mars no, 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 they're, Mar- no, they're not from Mars. There's a blue beetle oh, from Mars. Yeah. There's a Martian who's green beetle. Because the beetles go all. Mars sounds a little too busy in the DC universe, frankly. Oh yeah, well the beast. There's a lot of things too busy in DC universe. Batman. All right, Jack. <laughs> Batman. He t- he hangs out with the turtles sometimes. He does. You know that famous panel? <laughs> this is where my this is where I killed my parents. This is where my parents <laughs> died, Raphael. Kyle Bummer, dude. <laughs> uh, right. If that was all the turtles, that's all the turtles we knew that we had that one panel, I'd like them maybe. What do you dislike? Where, where, where do I they just, lose you? Why do you dislike I, the turtles? What do they do to you, bro? Just, You're such a hater. I should have brought Colin on. Colin loves the turtles. And God bless him for it. I'm not hating anyone for hating, for liking the turtles. They're just not for me, man. We went to see the turtles. What is there not to like about te- they Jack? Let me spell it out for you. They're teenage mutant ninja turtles. Like that's just like I mean I know the heroes in a half shell turtle power. Turtle like power. They're so cool. Which one's your favorite? Did I ask you that? That maybe that's a good question. Because everyone's got a favorite. You better have a favorite. Probably I don't know. If I had to pick one, Leonardo. He's got swords. It's probably the. I think the sword's the best weapon of all. He's the absolute fucking lamest one, Jack. I can't even believe you picked Leonardo. I mean, Michelangelo's fucking. Get the fuck out, Leonardo. He's just blue, the most like basic color. He's just got swords, the most basic weapon. The best one. And he's just a big fucking loser. Best one of the three. He's just a big fucking. He should be square, Mr. Trying Follow to the, the rules on the leader. I got to tell you, I'm bossing everyone around. Cause of, get out of here. He's keeping Leonardo's the team the together. Shut up. He's keeping the team together. You think you're the cool and rude dude? I didn't say I was the cool and rude dude, but it, Raphael is the best Ninja Turtle, even though his weapons are maybe the worst. Definitely the worst. But he's he doesn't like, need to because he's, he's like the bro. biggest dick. He's like the worst. Yeah, he's cool, but rude. I think he's more. What part of this aren't you under? No, I'm understanding. No, Jack, no. I don't think that applies. I, think- I feel like we really laid this out right in the beginning. He's cool but rude. You can't be like, well, Raphael's kind of mean. He's too yeah, rude. Yeah, he's kind of rude. I-, I think he's more rude than cool, frankly. I would you say t- he- you-, you take that back. I- no, I couldn't. Not in good I conscience. can't believe you picked Leo. The, the, like, because what is his thing? You're Swords. like, Michelangelo's funny. Raphael's like angry and, and, and kind of rude. Donatello's the smart one. Leo is just leader, but like he doesn't have any defining anything beyond that. You're an idiot. Moving on. We got to move on. We got to move on. All right. Well, I can take out of that into... What do I do now? I don't know. Just pick one. Bear. We're going to the bear. We're in the bear season one because April was voiced by an actress from the bear. There you go. Uh, So this week, for no particular reason, and by no particular, I mean there's something else to do. I watched the bear season one and two, but we'll talk about season two next week. What do you mean no particular reason? The reason would have been to watch the new season... That came out like weeks ago. Okay, but we didn't. So that's the reason well, now. 
If we were going to say, well, th- uh, six weeks ago, the reason would have been because it would have been relevant. But we didn't. So I don't know what you're doing. Whose fault is that? I never said it was anyone's fault, Zach. <laughs> well, I'm, I am. <laughs> I'm not blaming I'm you. I'm trying to get you to say it. No. <laughs> Eat my ass. <laughs> I'll never admit fault. I'm Leonardo. I'm the leader. Shut up. I'm the leader of the turtles. I got you the swords. <laughs> Big doofus. You're, you're man. I'm the best fighter. He, there's no way he's the best he fighter. He definitely is. Can I, yes, he is. He actually Raphael's is. obviously the best fighter. That's not true. His weapon sucks. <laughs> that just proves how much better he is, though. No, he's he doesn't act, even no, need good Leonardo, weapons. He uses little rice flail bullshit weapons. All right? You're an idiot. I think the rice flails are the nunchucks. No, you're right. I don't know. But those are some kind of gardening well, implement. Yeah, the size are. You're a, you're a fool. I almost... Uh, fine. We moved, we moved on. Boss. Oh, nice. Can watch this. Um, the bear. So for anyone who doesn't know... FX is the bear. It's on. I don't. Is it? Is it on FX or is it? I, I think, think it's one of the Hulu ones where it's a Hulu. Yeah, it's a Hulu original. Yeah, it is a Hulu original. So it's FX on Hulu. Like actually, I was gonna say like, but under the banner of heaven wasn't like that. I don't know. It, 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 Hulu and FX they have that weird like intertwined relationship where some of the stuff it's by FX but it's only on Hulu. So I guess it's, FX produces it. Whatever. The, regardless, the bear. It's about uh, this guy who's a like. Uh, like a actual like fancy fancy pants like world class like chef guy right Michelin star Michelin star kind of yeah Michelin star kind of dude you get it listen I don't know much about chefs and cooking and whatnot so I've watched videos and it seems horrible and this show will tell you it seems like the worst you could do to yourself it seems like it's such a it is kind of fascinating right yeah like it really brings out some very interesting people characters as like an industry right yeah real real big personalities yeah because I mean they I've always seen like uh, jokes online that like the lion cooks are like the most degenerate people you've ever met because it's like see but that's like more like your average rough yeah, and tumble kind of thing I mean on the high level the oh. way they get like like the fucking the menu oh yeah the menu what a great shit level. like that bizarre so anyways though so he's that but then he comes back to work at his family's uh, sandwich shop because his brother so kills himself so it's like himself. look at oh yeah jeez well, that's how the, well, I mean, that's like, they don't really pay, right? Um, but so that's the crux of the show. But so it's like, you know, look at this guy. He's like a fan. Again, he's like a real fancy pants chef guy. But now he's just working on a simple sandwich shop and, you know, worlds collide and, and, and differences and all the characters, you know, colorful cast of characters working at the sandwich shop. Yeah. He's got his scarn. Skeen. Skeen's there. Skeen's he's got there. an equally as ridiculous name in this show than it is in Star Wars. He's like Ricky Maripovich or some <laughs> bullshit. I'm like, what the fuck? Um, and it's just, yeah, I mean, it's like, it's like a, I, is it like a black comedy, I guess? I would say, like a dramedy. Um, even, even his name in real life, Ebon Moss Brach, wild name. That's a Star Wars name. In it he's, he's, oh, he just got cast maybe in some Marvel thing, but he oh. also was in The Punisher already. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was micro, so. Oh, I remember him. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in general, it's, it's like a, it is a, you know, it's an episodic sitcom kind of thing mm-hmm. at yeah, times like kind of, of. it's episodic and the plot underlying is kind of building through so yeah that's true if the episode doesn't directly address the main like storyline it'll be like a secondary plot or like they'll address it throughout even if it's not just to show that the like time has progressed mm-hmm. um so basically it's uh, charmy carmy charmy carmy yeah what is he, the b from sonic carmy uh his brother who commits suicide and that's the reason he inherits this restaurant um, oh that's a connection because his brother's John Bernthal. His who is the fun, Punisher? Who's the Punisher? Of course, man. What a time! Um, so he basically he was a drug addict uh, and basically ran this restaurant into the ground. He didn't give a shit about it, and like he didn't pay anybody back. And 
didn't have. Oh, no, that's completely fair. But I mean, I mean, he kind of did. He's kind of drowning. You in, think he cared? About, I think he cared about. Well, it. I think he cared as much as he could for being also addicted to drugs. Sure. So he, he did his best, but unfortunately, when he did drugs, things fall by the wayside, mm-hmm. um, like this. So it's like very struggling, and he's trying to get it together. Um, he's trying to bring his like way he does it in the like in how he was used to doing it in the high class society culinary world mm-hmm. to this low end Chicago shop. The, his chefs fucking hate him for doing it. They all scream at him and call him a bitch, and they don't respect him. <laughs> uh, Do they? I mean, kinda. <laughs> Tina does. Scream at him, call him a bitch. <laughs> I mean, Tina just calls him Jeff. Though, at the beginning, he's he's making fun of him. Uh, what is it? Skeen. He just calls him because they're. They knew each other. He calls him cousin. In the first episode, he just smacks him in the back of the head. Uh, well, the other, I would say, well, they're all kind of, but the other biggest character is Sydney, who he hires, is sh- um, who also has is like a, I don't know, a, 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 a classically trained, like a, I say a classically trained, same kind of thing, like yeah. a, you know, culinary school graduate, yeah, culinary school thing. graduate person. Um, so she also is kind of having to adjust to like, oh, look, we're just a little sandwich shop. Um, but then, of course, as it goes on, right. He wins them over, and yeah. they're like, "Wow, there is some value to this." But also, he has to, he has to come. You know, they meet in the middle, kind of thing. Oh yeah, because he's he, he is that like intense chef, you know, caricature. You know, the the, mm. the stereotype, you know, the screaming, the fucking Gordon Ramsay lunatic guy, the Marco Perry, he's just losing his mind over, co- and he's just like, "What is it that is that is deep? That, is it that deep every time?" I don't. That's one of the best episodes. It's towards the end. Which one is it? Uh, that's it's down. It's. Oh, I think it's you. this one. I think it's the second to last one, the mm-hmm. penultimate one, where there's like a glitch. No, uh, she leaves the pre-order open. Sydney, oh, they, yeah. they're, they're doing um to-go orders like online, like DoorDash or whatever. No, not DoorDash, to, to go. Um, but Sydney leaves the pre-order open, so like overnight, right? O- yeah, overnight. So once it hits, the timer starts. All the orders, fl- like eighty orders, flood in for like way more than that you could possibly make. So they're scrambling. He's freaking out. Sydney's freaking out. Um. And just, it's, like, it's one of those things uh, that I like where that's a little gimmicky, but it's like the whole episode is basically happening in one shot, like, real time. Yeah, is it like the way they do the camera here when it's in those scenes? I'm like, I, I don't like watching this. I'm so anxious. Yeah, it's a cool episode. Yeah, oh, it definitely does. Fly. It's a uh, and yeah, he kind of regresses in that episode mm-hmm. back to being all angry and screamy and shit. Um, but then the ultimate conclusion to this season, right, is that early on they got uh like family friend character here who is like maybe connected right to i think it's i think he's literally their uncle oh is it literally their uncle yeah it's their uncle like they call him uncle and you think i think they're like literally right well i mean i think there's pictures of him with his dad yeah but they were like old friends it's not literally his brother is it i i don't know wait well because there's implications that their dad also was maybe involved in Mm. some kind of illicit activity right and um Like oh, he took out a he. What is it? Two hundred thousand, three hundred thousand, three hundred thousand dollars. And then they're like, "Man, where did it all go?" And it's kind of this thread all season is like, was he? I mean, did he spend that much on like drugs? Drugs or like doing, spending it in in bizarre like unknowable places to try to well on drugs. Well, that'd be a lot to spend on drugs. Well, no, well on drugs. Like he spent. Oh yeah, like, or in, maybe like in like a drug fueled rage. He bought stuff for the business but the wrong stuff and it's all weird none of it makes sense like what's what is going on mm-hmm. um and then the the big reveal in the finale um is that he hit it in the it was it, it, he had it all and it was just hidden in cash in in the pasta in the t- pasta, the pasta sauce because he told them make the pasta he told us he left instruction and it specifically said that you should use the the bigger cans because 
I guess they taste different. No, the smaller cans. Oh, is that, is that what it was? Because oh, like, Ibrahim, why, to... why are we buying the smaller cans? The bigger ones will save money. He's like, no. He said to buy, um, what is it? Josh? What was his name? I don't remember. Whatever his name, his brother's name. He's like, no, no, he told us to buy the smaller ones for whatever reason. But he doesn't listen why. until the finale when he's like, actually, I'm going to actually listen and actually make it like he says to make it. And then he finds it all. And they're like, I guess we can make, make, it, make the bear. Because it's also a thing where they're like kind of going out a little bit beyond their humble starts, right? Because they're trying to introduce some new stuff and um, he's trying to, you know, add that level to it and Sydney's trying new dishes and things and they're like, maybe we could be more than just a sandwich sandwiches. Shop. Italian beef sandwiches. And so that's kind of, that's the end there. So they're like, we have all this money, we could, you want to do something cool? And then, yeah, maybe we do something else. And then that's the When I was watching this, next there, season. in the, um, in the episode where he freaks out, mm-hmm. the Patriot Chef Marcus, it's Sydney and Marcus who are really the, the focal points of Carmi's rage. Yes. Um, and Sydney, I can totally get because he freaks out on her for no reason. It kind of triggers her because she said very specifically that she hates when people do that and she that's why she's in like cooking in like kitchen. Because stuff. again, they're all like that in the yeah. culinary world. They're all weird Ma- egomaniacs. But Marcus just didn't do his fucking job. Listen, I remember thinking that same thing. I, I kind of Marcus has no reason to get mad now, at Carmi. If there's a, if again, principally, I understand being like well. Boss doesn't need to yell at you. Yeah, scream and like smack the shit out of your hand. Like that's pro- that's arguably never really about. Like that's just not a normal Behavior. response. You just you just don't need that response, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? Like again, it's almost never that deep. Where like you need to you or actually need to be enraged at me again, kind of thing. But I do remember thinking that of like, yeah, man, you were literally neglecting your job. Like today's not the day, man. <laughs> yeah, they literally told you, hey, don't get distracted with your stupid fucking donuts. We need those cakes that are on the menu. That people are literally ordering. He's, yeah, he became like we- he becomes weirdly obsessed with donuts. Now he d- again he takes it too far because doesn't he go out of his way to like throw them all out or something? What does he do? To he him? like he like takes them out and like like slams them on the table on like the table outside and like leaves or something. Yeah, come on, man, no need for that. Again, it wasn't the day for it. No, uh, they do a fun kids' birthday party where Richie good episode. drugs them all with uh, Xanax accidentally. Yeah, that's funny. Uh, I like how their uncle's just cool. He's like, oh, I'm into this. I like this. Because no. they're like opening, they're like, why do these kids open each other's presents? That's not their presents. What's going on? And they're, cause they're freaking out. Uh, Carmi's sister is like a recurring character. Yeah, she's had like estranged from him because he, he kind of won't accept the fact that she also lost her brother and like she needs her other brother to like, you know, keep, keep herself afloat. She doesn't have a restaurant to sink her life into. Her husband's like the worst and they all hate him. He's just uh, like an ineffectual. But is he really, or is he just like? No, he's just a normal human. He's just a guy, yeah. And they're all just kind of mafioso, <laughs> fucking jaded assholes. <laughs> Chicago motherfuckers. Yeah, like... I like Fac. Fac's great. Probably the very best scene of uh, the whole thing, right? Is the beginning of the finale here, mm-hmm. or one one of the strongest, I guess. Um, and he's at a he's at a like a support group. He does that big and speech. He does a big monologue, and you're like, ooh. That monologue's good. I and mean, the monologue at the um, other meeting when he's in the church is good too. And it slowly pulls on him. Is that this model? You got nothing for this, dude. My man didn't get any nods at the Emmys. Whack. It's whack, whack Jack. What's that about? They, they, What are the Emmys about, dude? I don't know. I, I don't do care. like when shows do this kind of thing where they like break the mold, made it like a whole show. Oh, yeah. That is cool. I really like that. Uh, there's a lot of cool um, camera work in this, like the very opening scene. Oh, no. He did, oh, he got it for comedy. That's why. Not drama. Never mind. I'm sorry. He did get it. Well, that's good. He also may be dating so Selena did Gomez. Sydney, and so did... Uh, Scarn, Skeen. Let's go, Richie. They uh, so okay. So he got it for lead. She got. I okay, I take that. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, it's because it's in for comedy. 
That's all right, though. Yeah. Richie's also like kind of the worst guy ever. He just fucks with everybody, especially Sydney. I like when Sydney accidentally kind of accidentally funny. on purpose stabs him. He's like, you stab me. And then he gets, uh, what's his name? Ibrahim. Ibrahim to tell him about the fall of Somalia. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about the groups. Tell, tell me about the groups. Wow, they're like vying for power here, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, that was, that was Black Hawk Down. <laughs> I like yeah, that he's like, and then and then Somalia, you know, the government fa- became a failed state. He's like, oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good joke. Uh, I like I, I like fact. Fact's very funny because mm. he's just the uh, the like handyman, and he keeps wanting to be a chef, which is funny because the guy who portrays fact, real life chef. Oh really? Yeah, he like he's in like he does like the first few feast stuff, and he does a bunch that's of like fun. cooking videos. There's a video of him like what is it noodling for uh, tuna or not tuna catfish? Stick your feet down the holes oh, yeah. and they bite your toes. He's so, like a real life chef, so it's funny. That, he's that like, is funny. Let me cook. Let me cook. So last year when I watched this the first time, I showed you the clip from the um, pilot. Mm-hmm. Where skiing so the, the joke this. in that, or the the kind of premise of that episode is that um, they've tried to do like a hey, come have a it's like a Mortal Kombat. It's like a it's like an arcade game that yeah, they it's have. It's like in a there. Swedish knockoff of Mortal Kombat. That's a side scroller and whatever. And they're like, come to our bar for this tournament, and they get way more people than they expect expected to come to the tournament. And then so they're like, all right, well we'll take advantage of this. Like we're t- like you gotta gotta buy a sandwich meal, gotta buy a sandwich and all that. And and um, Skeen gets out there and yells at him, and it's a fun scene. So Calls him QAnon. He's a non like Snyder cut loving, which is good. Listen, people apparently people got very offended by the well, you know, of course they did, right? About the joke and like Barbie and stuff. But the thing to me about these, right, is that that's not. They're not making fun of Zack, because everyone goes like, oh, Zack Snyder, and and he said his own troubles and his daughter and stuff, and it's like, well, like that's all, yes. But when people make fun of the Snyder Cut, they're not making fun of Zack Snyder. They're making and, fun of the people who like the Snyder Cut. And you know that, right? They're making fun of you. You know, like, you, I, refu- I I find it very hard to believe that anyone in good faith is like, oh, they said that because they hate Zack Snyder as a filmmaker and an artist. No, they say because you're all assholes online yeah. and you know you know you are, now, right? Am I- no, I agree. Now, when I make fun <laughs> of the Snyder Cut, I'm also making, I don't respect Zack Snyder as an artist. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's not very good at it. But everyone Those else. Those movies aren't very good. He has stuff that's better. Not much. Fine. Regardless, <laughs> he's got again, Watchmen. It's, and, it's, and it's certainly. And but maybe. even then, though, you don't dislike him as a man. And you're. It, yeah, he's fine as a man. To say that anyone who makes fun of the Snyder Cut be like, oh, so you hate Zack Snyder and his and his daughter who killed herself? It's like, whoa, whoa. Like, come the fuck on, <laughs> never, dude. That's yeah. not. That's not, not at all we're talking faith. about. Like, so yes, making fun of it. It's it's all about the fans and not. Not about Zack Snyder. Yeah. Get out of here. The joke in Barbie is not... Zack Snyder isn't a, isn't a Ken Again, doll. The joke in Barbie... She doesn't say... And Zack I, Snyder... Man, I like, thought that... Man, I thought that Zack Snyder was a filmmaker, and then I came to and realized he's a terrible filmmaker. And no, I, she says, oh, I felt like I cared about the Snyder cut way too much, which is a, a very different thing. Yeah. But, you know, Snyder fans not known for their uh, nuance. But uh, it's a good freaking show, huh? Yeah, it's a very good show. That's cool. It's It's like... It's just really well written. I mean, that's definitely a thing about it. Um, this is a show that got some traction when the writer strike started because some of the writers for I don't know exactly what the awards would be off the top of my head. I don't remember, but they couldn't go. Some of the writers couldn't afford to go get their writing award. Jesus. And that's one of the absolute strengths of the show. It's just super well written and like, oh yeah, obviously very well acted as well. It's it's great. It's really solid. Yeah, they really, I mean, you get invested when they're in that kitchen like screaming at each other. I'm like, I don't really want to watch. It's this very anymore. dramatic, and it's one of those things where like it's cool when. There's shows about, I mean, not that like 
restaurants or food is very niche. But the idea of like a kitchen, right? And cooking and, and again, like the culinary kind of thing. That's not something I know anything about. Mm. But then, you know, they write a show. And I, there's definitely a certain like nuance, right? To writing about a thing um, in a way that like is accessible to people Audiences. who don't know about it, right? Yeah. But then also conveys that sort of like oh look at these details and this i bet this is really what it's like kind of thing i don't even know if it is for all i know like this also is just a caricature of real life but mm. i don't know it, it's convinced me at least you know what i mean i know that it, do, do, do they make the brunch joke in this episode in this season i don't remember i do i have heard that when they, cause they make some I, this is the next season about how like working brunch is terrible and i have heard anthony bourdain be like brunch is the worst shit you can do to yourself <laughs> it's like i've worked plenty of brunches i'll never eat french toast as long as i live i hate it is they, they always need people to work brunch because no one will do it it's just for people who need money desperately <laughs> there you go but yeah like I th- like i said in, in general in writing because i always think like uh, sometimes when i when you see stuff in it it's again it's about niche relatively niche like interests and in, in different jobs and, and stuff i always think like man do the people who r- wrote this like have an actual like you know specific knowledge or understanding of it but i think a lot of the times that's like that's part of the writing process is doing research your research and and writing about things with you know a certain level of authority right um because you you know he went out and learned it and stuff so that's cool yeah. i know for um uh, the the cast has talked about how they had to take like cooking classes to like actually, cool. to make yeah, it look real. Like yeah. And I I think Sydney's actress was like, yeah, I thought the way I was doing it was super good, and I went to class, and they were like, you're just doing it wrong. You're gonna hurt yourself. <laughs> you don't do it this way. There you go. Bye. Super solid. So we'll talk about season two next week. Look at that. They got ten. My God. My God. And long ones too. Got my work cut out for got me. Pretty much probably the best episode of the whole season. Right in the middle of this one. A whole show, I should say. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, episode fishes. I'd say probably the best of the whole episode. Sweet. This show taught me what family, the family meal, I didn't know there was a thing. Again, maybe that's because I've never really like, worked in a restaurant. Although, I don't even know how. Is that, a, is that common for most restaurants? I, don't I think know. it would depend on, I don't think they do it at Chili's, but I think it depends <laughs> on the kind of restaurant you I work guess at. That's what I was getting at, yeah. Also, because I guess. I very briefly worked at a restaurant, and by briefly, I mean like two days. I didn't get anything. Do, you know, do, they, do, do they do that where they cooked dinner for everyone before? I feel like it would work specifically in Again, like they're kind of fancy restaurants where it's um like they only do dinner service, right? Yeah. Or or there's a very distinct there's like um, lunch service from lunch like, service and dinner service. Yeah, yeah. There's like gas between where you can like prep for the next meal. Because I was like, wait, what's family meal? What does this mean? I was like, oh, this is interesting. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. All the pl- yeah. them using all the plastic containers to drink out of. I've seen that. Oh, yeah. A lot of plastic. A lot of I got burned when I worked there right in the arm. <laughs> I still good. I still feel the You're pain. You're permanently scarred? Yeah. That's right. I'll never work in a restaurant again, even though I was just a dishwasher. But it's honest work. That's right. All right. Uh, All right. I take it out tech? Yeah, I will tack out of that into... Let's do Loki. All right. So season two trailer for Loki came out. Uh, October 8th. So that's the next thing, I guess. Or I don't know. There's still some other stuff that it's like... I don't know. That's definitely probably the next thing. Yeah. But there's some other stuff we're expecting to get this year that we haven't heard anything else about. Uh, like Echo? Well, Echo, yeah. Apparently Echo is like, that's when they say she's maybe not very good, right? And they're almost like kind of just be done with it. Like um, the rumors that that's going to be the first one they do all, they do the binge drop for. Like they really? just do it all at once because they're... They just don't give a shit about it? Apparently. But that, I mean, that's that's like months old. And it'd be weird if that, if, I mean, if, if that was the case that they just stick to that, right? Like <laughs> they knew months ago that they were like, yeah, we're not really proud of this. Too bad, but nah, whatever. Send um, it out. That's not what this is about. It's about season two of Loki. So, you know, 
It's a lot of uh, it's a lot of the same in general, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess we sh- it opens with uh, you know, a decent chunk of an actual scene from from an episode, presumably where uh, Mobius and Loki go to meet uh, Kehi Kwong, who's in this now. We knew he got cast yes a while back. He's fun. He's doing his thing. He's like he like his repairs and something. His desks is what he is. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, look, he's all time skipping. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with this. I, I cannot help you. It shouldn't have happened. You can't do anything. Um, and that, I guess that's going to be the kind of catalyst. I mean, I was kind of surprised. It seems like things are more, well, I mean, obviously things get crazy. But it also seems in some ways that it's more business as usual than I would have thought. Yeah, because the last. the end of last season where. Everything's changed horribly. Yeah. King took over. Where the, the what T- happened? Uh, uh, What is it? Loki. The end of the end of time happened. What they call it? Late uh, oh, the end, yeah, the land beyond. What is where he lived? The, he no, but like something happened. Like he, they did, they did something, and now like time oh, they, ended. They passed um, the point of no return. Yeah, that was it, right? Because it's people think, uh, oh yeah, when Wanda becomes a Scarlet Witch or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But overall, are like the time the TVA still kind of existed, and they're just doing stuff. Um, but there was that thing at the end of last season where Morbius. He didn't know him, right? Yeah, they like it kind of resets. So. How's he back? Yeah, I don't know. I guess we'll have to... I assume it'll be explained. I guess it, it'll be kind of a, a shame if it's like... We'll hand-waved away. Your classic lame yeah, cliffhanger thing where they do a cliffhanger just to... But then they don't They don't actually want to use it. They just kind of use it to be like, whoa. Whoa, please watch season but two. Then as soon as it starts, they're like, oh, I, I remembered pretty quickly <laughs> or whatever. It's just a magic spell on him. Loki like snaps and... Yeah, Loki snaps for him and he's like, oh, I do remember now. And it's like, wait, it's, that wasn't really anything. But I guess we'll see. Um... Again, because also Kang's not. I don't know. It, we'll see. I assume they're gonna build up Kang more, make it make sense. But yeah, the the way it ended is that it was like Kang's in charge, and yeah, it's no longer the three council. What are they called? Is it just I the three remember. guys? Kang's in charge, and Mobius doesn't remember him and all that. Which so yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I kind of for I honestly hadn't thought about that until we just talked through it right now. I've kind of talked myself out of <laughs> out of enjoying this as much. I'm, now I'm skeptical, Jack. But Ooh, not skeptical. Overall, it looks good. I do think that, like, and especially now, you know, this is what? This is our third Disney Plus show we ever got. Yeah. And with everything since then, uh, which has been of varied quality, right? Um, I would say this one, in that way, has aged even better. And we liked it quite a bit at the time. Yeah. It's the first, it was the first show we reviewed. And- That's true. Um, I remember we we weren't super big on the ending. No. Uh, but I don't know. Week to week, we were strong on I it. I think in retrospect, I'm like... You know, even with that being the case, looking back on that one, I still feel like I'm like, I don't know. This it's towards the it's towards the top still, for sure. That after the Secret Invasion, well, after oh yes, Secret, well yes. But have you seen Secret Invasion has dropped to eight percent from eighteen? <sighs> Goodness, the finale or the whole I think, series? I think the whole, I think it was the finale. Whatever right? eighteen, whatever which one, whatever one was yeah, eighteen, this is the finale was dropped to eight. Good grief! Holy moly! I mean, I can't really argue with it though. It's it was no good. So it's pretty terrible. The more I think about it, I'm like, fuck, man. I think this has a look to it that's more interesting. Um, like yeah. just visually, like cinematically, I don't know. It's weird because a lot of these shows have comparable budgets, and it seems crazy what they're able to... Uh, I mean, it's like the Andor thing. Now, Andor was very expensive, but also it was less expensive than Secret Invasion. Like, mm-hmm. wrap your head around that one. Andor was less than Secret Invasion. Yeah. Are you but kidding me? Like, I, they, didn't shoot, they, didn't, they didn't shoot Andor twice, essentially. They, they reshot... All of Secret Invasion, pretty much. Bizarre. So, But this one, to me, is one of the... Again, the first season of it remains, and this seems to continue in that, one of the most cinematically, like, 
spectacular of like this looks like a high production show big thing and which it looks again, like they now, don't all necessarily do we're doing the thing yeah for sure and and you know for any of them that look like that i think we'd want this one because they're going all over the place through time and space like you want to put all the all your chips kind of in this mm-hmm. kind of area because if you don't like what's even the point if you're going to half-ass all the the different dimensions and stuff don't even bother frankly um but yeah i think i think all the places are going are very interesting clearly going uh, to different points in time the world's fair um the which we saw at in the technically in the post credits, for yeah, for Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, can't we see that one shot of that version of Kang? Yeah, I mean, do we? Have, do we have, I mean, this is kind of a thing that's obviously been like Developing. noteworthy. As that you know, there's been all this like up in the air, like what's going to happen with Jonathan Majors here? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this seems like kind of a, I, I don't know, more or less a statement to a certain extent, right? Yeah, they, I mean, he's in the trailer. Ton. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Hopefully they don't like kind of. Hopefully he sticks around. I don't know. I mean, I, I won't speak on. Well, yeah. I mean, I this. hope. I guess the only thing to hope is that like whatever's the, the right outcome is arrived at. Yeah. So we can. Yeah. That's. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> not, not much more to say. Than I mean, that. I'm saying like I guess if I I'm saying I hope he sticks around if he's whatever innocent of of the stuff and if he's not I guess I hope he doesn't stick around. Yeah. Obviously that'd be annoying for us as fans, but that's not really the. It's not really the point here. Right. So. It's weird though. It's just they've been largely like silent on it. And again, this isn't much. I mean, they haven't really definitively come out and said anything. But mm-hmm. I don't know. That means something, right? Like putting it. I yeah. Put them in so prominently, especially because like it's relatively minor. They could have done this trailer without him. Pretty much the same without him. So again, that feels kind of like a. It does still feel kind of like something of a statement. That makes me wonder. Like, has anything developed? I, I guess I haven't been following that all super closely but has it developed in any meaningful way like super recently where they may have been unwilling to do beforehand or is this always when they would have just normally done this trailer mm-hmm. i don't know Me neither. but i guess we'll see yeah well no soon enough obviously he's finished all this like this this was done with regardless so there we go excellent um i'm sure tom hiddleston and owen wilson owen wilson will continue to be great if nothing else and uh sylvia she'll probably be pretty good too know. yeah i don't know her hopefully they sort her out she didn't end up in a good spot last season. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. She's also, you know, jumping around doing stuff. They seem to still be kind of frenemies, so. Uh, she's working goes. at McDonald's? Yeah, evidently for a minute there. That's all right. But it's past McDonald's. You get it? Oh, yeah. Fun time. When they used to have Grimace. Sure. It used to be a country. These are the Hamburglar. <laughs> Grimace is still around. They just had his birthday. Uh, well, I mean, yeah. We, had, we didn't hear anything until his birthday. What about the Hamburglar's birthday? I like the Hamburglar. Because you're naturally mischievous. <laughs> Am I? I don't know. Sure. I think he's the funnest one. What's the bird? That one's just weird. Oh, the, like, she's you know, like a chicken, right? Yeah. We eat those at McDonald's. Yeah, but not the ones that talk. Mm. And there's Mary McChicken. Listen, the hamb- Listen, I go to McDonald's, I eat hamburgers, so I can get on board with the hamburger wanting the hamburgers, right? Grimace, well, he's like an unknown, he's like an unknowable beast. He's, he's an unknowable he's, monster he's beyond space of, and time. Yeah, he's some kind of eldritch horror or whatever. That's cool. Fine. I don't I look at it. that. Yeah. Ronald McDonald? I mean, he's in the name. Equally okay. eldritch horror. But then there's just a big chicken. What about Mayor McCheese? Oh, he, again, though, that makes sense, right? He's the mayor and McCheese. Listen, fine. No, but he's like a hamburger man. He's a hamburger man. But he's like a sentient hero. I don't know. I'm just saying the chicken is just, it's just, I feel like it's. How's it weird in the hamburger? somehow too man. plain. Okay. I guess yeah. I guess a talking hamburger head headed man is is is, is visually interesting. But a chi- is it weird? Listen, I, I, okay, you're, maybe this doesn't make any sense. Oh great! <laughs> is it weird to think that I would like be more inclined to eat 
a talking chicken, if it was made into a chicken McNugget, then I would be to eat a talking burger. No, I mean, I'd say you're all right. Well, because sometimes a talking burger, he's already a burger, but he's talking. What do I do to that? Other eat than just it. bite on into that. Ah, like, oh my God, please. But, sure. She, she, so, okay. So you're telling me she's more sentient than an average chicken. But if we. She bleeds the same blood. <laughs> if they chopped her up and made her into chicken McNuggets, they would still just be chicken McNuggets, I guess. I don't know. Is there any other character? <laughs> what are the other McDonald's characters? Uh, there's maybe one or two more. Let's, let me look at it. There's up. a bunch of them back in the day. They don't really make use of any of them uh, anymore. I think we're past that point as like a culture. Like the yeah, society. But no, but that's. Should we be, though? No. Like you said, we used to be a country. I think that I think it's a sign of America's decline, if anything, Jack. Officer Big Mac. Officer Big Mac. What's he look like? Well, I take a wild fucking guess. He's a he's a Big Mac in like he's, a policeman's uniform. <laughs> Absolutely. He's got a hat. And, does he have a baton or what? Uh, I think he has a gun. <laughs> a gun. Wow. All right. Yeah, there he is. He actually does have. I think he's got a little baton. Oh yeah. And there's there's like a that's the hamburger. The first image I think is the best for all of them. So these must be the originals. Oh, there's a ton. There's like little pom-pom fuckers. That's a pirate of some kind? What's he? I don't know. Interesting. Anyways. <laughs> about Loki still? What's going on? Yeah, probably about, about does it, right? Try to trash other cash? Uh, yeah. Pretty cash. Like all, like, uh, like all the different dimensions. Be fun. Like I said, yeah. The period, like it does say, like the period stuff looks good. Looks to sync. Again, the, visually it's interesting and it, and it feels like it. It you know makes good use of its budget compared to again some of the more recent MCU shows which are a little toned down which isn't really their fault like but also I think Secret Invasion is both simple in setting and stuff but also still boring even in that way right yeah for sure whereas this is cool too so, gray that's the big one as it just looks interesting to watch again and again yeah. I don't know I don't know how the the budgets man it's, it's the same like with Mando where it's like that that we know that season did cost a lot of money but still watching it you're like where did all that money go did he blow it on the bear style restaurant? Maybe. Is it all in tomato sauce? Mando, make the tomato sauce. Make the spaghetti, Mando. No. But uh, yeah. yeah, it does it. Yeah, sure. All right, in the next thing. Perfect. Uh, let's do first last episode, Justified. All right, so Justified. This the- is another thing that maybe once once was relevant. We might catch it just just yet. We may just yet catch it on the tail end of its relevancy. We'll catch it. So Justified is a TV series starring Timothy Oliphant. That's right. It aired from like twenty. 20- 10, 10 to 2015. 15. Uh, so just kind of an FX police drama, right? Kind of, yeah. Which means a pretty good show. Because FX, again, nice, pretty, pretty good, good show. As we just talked about. We, we've talked about a lot of FX shows on, on, on our show here, past, right? Stuff, everything from... Always Sunny. Always Sunny to like, Under the Banner of Heaven. And the Bear. Uh, and the Bear. And it's pretty good. It's, it's like a really well-received show. I've actually said, so as you know, Jack, over a year ago, now I watched the whole thing uh, while I was between betwixt employment. I binged oh, yeah. the whole thing. There's a lot of it. There's five seasons, and there's like twenty something. You know, it's it's a full on you know network television classic. Show. Uh, it's not network, right? FX isn't a network, but oh, it's like a cable television show. I guess. Oh, I guess right, right, right. There's a lot of it. I watched it all, and I actually probably didn't like it as much as like like the Rotten Tomatoes is very strong. Mm. Bring it up, but I think like half of the seasons have one hundreds. Really? Which just, to me, seems so so exceptional, right? Absolutely, yeah. But it's one of those things, again, I mean, insert... The graph. I, I was going to say insert a right. Rotten Tomatoes oh, yeah. thing here of, like, 100 doesn't mean it's a perfect show. It just means most people, people like, would agree that it's a good yeah. show. Show. Watchable. Show that you should watch. Very... I would definitely say it's fair. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's not quite police because he's not a police. He's not a policeman. It's Marshall. not your it's not your standard propaganda, at least mm-hmm. of like week to week investigating like crimes or anything. But he's a yeah, he's a U.S. marshal, which means like different duties and jobs and things and jurisdiction tasks. Um, but the general idea is that he is uh, Timothy Alphon is Raylan Givens, and he's again a marshal. Cool name. It is a cool name. And he came from this small town of Kentucky, and basically his whole life tried to get away from it. And he was in Miami. And on the job, he shoots a guy in Miami, and they're like, all right, well, all this cools down and everything, you got to go back to Kentucky. And through, you know, a series of contrivances, he stays in Kentucky for <laughs> six years. Yeah. So he's got a Gitch Boyd? Is that the, what keeps him there? At first? No. So Boyd is like... Oh, no, he gets Boyd in the first episode. Yes. Boyd does come back. He becomes a factor. Because- he never leaves. That guy's on, you know, pretty much every episode. But yeah. there's a different, there's basically a new, big kind of criminal character each season. Yeah. Right. Sam Elliott's in the last. He is, yeah. Sam Elliott's one of them. Yeah, all kind of different stuff. So it does become a point where it's like, how much? Cr- Listen. So now, what's the city? Oh, Harlan. Harlan. That is literally one of like the poorest counties in the entire country. Like notably, it's it is pretty rough there. Mm. Uh, but it's still at a certain point. You are like, how many different crime bosses could be operating in here? Yeah, in the poorest county. <laughs> everybody knows everybody. It also is that is a true thing about it being a dry county. They don't sell liquor in the whole county which is i was like is that even that's even a thing what's going on yeah what are they, are they mormon jesus christ um but it's kind of an interesting place and uh yeah basically the whole the whole show is, is that that's him dealing with like man i don't want to be in this town but i gotta keep coming back to this town and you guys all suck and it's weird here and i don't like it and i try to get away and then they're all like well, you try to get away from maryland you think you're better than us and he's like kinda, absolutely yeah. i lived in miami it was sick i had to shoot whoever i wanted i'm wearing this cowboy hat it's like miami vice it was like fucking GTA. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I do whatever the fuck. He blowing hookers. It was great. He's like, I'm a cowboy, but I have a Glock. It's fun, right? Oh, yeah. There's quick draws abound, you know? Although there's not actually as many quick draws as you might think. He doesn't actually end up shooting that many people throughout the show. That's probably for the best. Well, yeah. Because at a certain point, that strains credulity, right? Mm. If you're trying to have a realistic, kind of well-written show. So you're just like If you actually were just like, every week he gets into a gunfight, that becomes crazy yeah all the gun all of them are really itching to die by gunfire from this guy who is known to draw when i i think some of the best gunfights are in the very first very last episode it's all this is to say so new new show this year or spinoff sequel whatever you'd call it justified city primeval. justified city primeval so these books the or well the show is based on a short story called fire in the hole which I think is one of, or if not the only thing that he ever wrote that actually featured the character of Raylan Givens by... Oh, I'm going to have to look him up now. Elmer Leonard. Elmore, Elmore Leonard. He died in 2013. Did he now? Yep, this is the uh, end of the last episode. Damn. There it is. So, I don't know. Maybe he did have more, actually. Oh, yeah. Riding the rap. Okay. Or maybe... Okay, then, hold on. Oh, yeah. This is it. Never mind. I, I think it's the only thing that he wrote. Oh. That had <laughs> this character in oh, it. Oh, this character. I'm pretty sure. No, no, yeah, it's not the only thing he wrote. Yeah, it's a 60-page novella. I think that was it. And then City Primeval is a different book that he wrote, not featuring Raylan Givens. Raylan Givens at all. Um, that they've now adapted to shove Raylan Givens in there and stuff. So good for them. There you go. Okay, wait, let's see real quick. Oh no, he okay. So he appeared in a couple novels, but maybe he wasn't the main character. And then Fire in the Hole was a short story and stuff. And then oh, there was a novel. It was the last work he published before his death was Raylan in 2012. So there you go. But anyways, so that was coming out. So I was like, well, I'd like to watch this, Jack. We could do it for the show. So I was like, all right, Jack. 
It would be absurd of me to ask you to watch all these. So I was like, listen, you get the gist. I said, you should watch the first episode and the last episode. And I did. <laughs> Which in some ways sounds um, like an insane thing to do. And also in some ways, though, I think kind of works, works better well. than you probably would think. I think it, it did. And yeah. I knew that going in because I having done it, I was like, I bet it was like, he'll actually get more out of this than you might expect. I did. At first, I was like, the fuck, why am I doing this? First episode, I was like, okay, I'm on board. Pretty good the first, first episode, episode. Because it is, I think, adapted pretty much largely from that short story. I think the first episode also kind of works As really a, well on its own. Yeah. Almost. Like, you could just almost leave it there and be like, ah, pretty good. So, that basic idea is like what you're saying. He comes back and, again, because he shoots a guy in Miami. That's a pretty cool opening scene, right? Oh, yeah. Getting 24 hours to leave. He's got like two minutes. Because he's hunting on a fugitive. Because that's one of the things marshals get to do is like go across state lines getting fugitives. They also, like, transport fugitives and prisoners and stuff. They yeah. also protect, like, judges and stuff. Cause they're, so, marshals, are, I think, are like a, are technically part of the Department of Justice. I don't know. It's a whole thing. You know, jurisdiction and this and that. And mm-hmm. This is my jurisdiction. This is my jurisdiction. My jurisdiction. No, this is my county. I'm a sheriff. No, this is my city. I'm a cop. No, I'm the FBI. Okay, this is all my jurisdiction. Yeah. You get it. Um, But then the guy doesn't leave, so then they just get into a gunfight. He tries to pull on him, but Raylan Gibbons, he's too quick, and he? pulls he? faster. Goes right for the heart. That's his whole thing. He's, you know, he's like an old, old school duelist. Yeah, like there's a scene right at the beginning when he's like in Miami talking to like some prosecutors. And they're like, "Well, Ron, Raylan, what are you gonna do?" He's like, "I shot him. I did it." And the like, "Why did you say that?" There's a number of scenes like that throughout the series where they'll get him in a courtroom, and be like, "Do you shoot this guy?" And he's like, "Well, yeah, oh yeah, I shot him. I shot him dead. <laughs> I'm really goddamn killed Gibbons. that man dead. He never saw me fucking coming." He's really like an old school Wild West kind of guy, you know? But obviously, as the name of the show might suggest... It was justified. It's justified. He, he says justified about three times in, his, in the first episode. He, he only I pulled does first it. and I was justified. He, <laughs> I was like, he oh. only does it when it's justified, man. You know, he's not a bad guy or anything. He's not like... There's never any hint of him being... Well, actually, there is vaguely. But he's not like crooked or anything. He's just kind of... He's a little, you know... He's a little old He's a little rough and tumble, a little timer, but he's not so bad. Um, And then he's got to go back to his hometown here. And everyone, you know, again, the people are like, why'd you leave us, Raylan? And they're like, so, well, he's got to, well, he doesn't, he's not working out of his hometown. He's working out of the office in Lexington, which I guess is relatively close nearby. And then they're like, this girl you knew in high school murdered her husband or shot him or whatever. Who else you knew abusive, in high school? Who you also knew in high school. And then her, the dead guy's brother is like a career criminal guy who's maybe, um, what are they doing? They're like running guns, right? Yeah. They're running guns and they're neo-Nazis. Yeah, they are neo Nazis. Rough combo. Rough combo. So he's like, you need to get in on this, and then they do, and then, uh, well, basically they do another duel by the end of that, right? Mm. That's what it culminates in. Pretty good, huh? Oh yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, is Boyd was Williams or whatever his name is Crowder? Crowder. Williams, Jesus. It's portrayed by oh, what's his name? Oh yeah, that guy's name. What's his name? Googs it. Come on, save me, Google. Walton Goggins. Walter Goggins. Walton Walter Goggins. Walton Goggins. Uh, I like him. He's in a lot of good stuff. You got me there because you said Googs. <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, he's in a lot of stuff. He's really good in this. Yeah. I remember, like, I was like, oh, cool. Like, he's in this. He's in the pilot here. This is cool. And then he's in the whole show, and I'm like, oh, that's great. Yeah. I feel like he, I don't know. I guess I for some reason I thought of him as being, like. Just kind of a pilot one. Yeah, like he'd be a bigger deal than that. But I guess in retrospect, it's like, is he really? Listen, he's a great actor and all, but I don't think he's actually, like, an A-list or anything. And this is 2010 as well. And that's true. I think maybe it was before his started, maybe Risen. Maybe he wouldn't be the type of guy to get roped into five seasons of a cable TV sh- series now, but back then he was all right. And this also, for that matter, this is one of Timothy Alphonse's bigger things, I think. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we might be like, or, well, I'm sure you are, right? 
introduced, and I guess I was for the ma- that matter too, introduced to uh, Timothy Oliphant in The Mandalorian, where he's basically oh, yeah. just doing this, right? Yeah, just, I mean, every, I think we made a joke about that because everyone yeah. he plays is a gunslinger. He's just a gunslinger kind of guy. I don't know what else. I think he's been in. I think he was in some kind of actual Wild West thing too. He's um he's also in uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, who where he also plays a oh, sheriff, yeah. I think. Or well, he's playing an actor playing. Yeah, a, well, yeah, he's yeah. playing actually playing a sheriff. I'm sorry, it's cool stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there's one of the core kind of ideas of this themes of this whole show is that despite them like again they're like opposite ends of the thing and they went to high school together and they know each other and all, but also you know. He's a cop lives. and he's a robber kind of thing. And they're, mm-hmm. they're opposite directions of it. But he's a before, Nazi. Wait, he's, a offense, Nazi. He's, a not- he's a not Nazi. Yeah. Um, but before uh, he went off and became a marshal. Uh, they dug coal together. They dug coal together. Because that's the whole thing. And that's like their it's the thing. It's like it's 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 some kind of. It's had some some sort of profound effect but- on them, like spiritually. About this, this, this unbreakable, like, bond of brotherhood that they. they forge digging coal together because it was such a like yeah. tough tough thing even though like and that's the lifeblood of this whole community that's the only thing any of them like can do, do or know like many small poor yeah, towns really. in america it's a very fun in this episode because when Raylan meets boyd to bring him to a lineup he's like i don't know i don't like i didn't like a sh- fucking thing that you say i don't believe anything you say and he even like he doesn't like him. He sort of says, like, I never liked this guy. Mm-hmm. Even when I knew him digging coal, I think he just talked too much and mm-hmm. he just spouts nonsense and I always try to make a quick buck or, or fucking blow something up. But, it, I mean, we dug coal. Um, and it ties pretty well in the last episode where they fucking get him after, you know, really quick two episodes. <laughs> sure, all it took him was, was that one additional episode. Yeah. Right? Sure, they, they aged um... terribly. <laughs> in mere hours, I assume. But even then, like this episode, he like goes out of his way to make sure he doesn't die, and he saves him out of there, and he even apologizes, and she's like, "Why'd you apologize?" He's like, "Well, you know, we dug coal together back in the day." So then, like again, five seasons of shit happen. Uh, Sam Elliott shows up a little Sam bit. Elliott shows up. Patton Oswalt's in this. Patton Oswalt is actually in it. Is he get killed? Know? He's in it a lot. Yes, that's he why he's in the second last episode. Yeah, and not in the last one. I figured he is killed. Um, yeah, that's him dying. I think I, maybe he doesn't. I don't remember. I'm pretty sure he does though. Um, Ava and Boyd eventually get into a relationship together. As you gathered, right? Yeah. After which is which is that would be a pretty stark realization from the finale there or the premiere. I mean, mm-hmm. to be like, wait, what? But it kind of it falls together more or less believably. It naturally, as you he can. gets out of prison. Yeah, he gets out of prison the second season, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I'm repenting," and he goes back to just digging coal and being a being an honest guy but that doesn't last forever no but she's like eh, you're not so bad actually she's I, like she was like won over by him by being being a decent honest guy and so then because he <laughs> he won her over by being a decent honest guy he's like i'm gonna go back to being a criminal and she's like i guess that's all right too i guess well you're honest about it you, you were straight <laughs> with me about it i did and then she becomes kind of a partner to him at a certain point yeah. but then in this last season here she becomes an informant for the fbi the marshals marshals i did like in the first episode um when uh, uh, he we first see Boyd, he's with this other guy who's trying to recruit him into the neo Nazis, mm. and he thinks he's like uh, an FBI like mole, and he's like, "Yo, you're rubbing your head like you don't like it. No, you're not comfortable with me hurting people." And he's like, "We'll see your, we'll see." Devil's checking up on your credentials right now, and he shoots him in the head, and then his boy Devil calls him, and he's like, "Actually, guy, totally cleared." And he's like, <laughs> "Huh? Well, funny thing about that, he's gone." He's like, "God damn it, Boyd." <laughs> Why would you shoot this guy in the head? Yeah, he's a bit of a maniac. Yeah. He goes, he has like a, in the first season here, he has like a religious thing where he's like, oh, I'm converted and I'm like, I'm a good guy now. And I'm like, oh, 
No, good religious man. He, he kind of plays it up in the first episode too. Yeah, yeah, but he like, really, but he's like, Jews. he's all like, no, but like in like a like a, like a real, real like way? A nice way. Yeah, oh. like he's actually like, oh, I'm born again. I found the light and all. But then his dad's like, fuck you, be Nazis with us again. Why are you not being a Nazi, you pussy? And then and then him and Raylan team up at the end of the first season to fight his evil dad. Ooh, that's fun. But then he does go to prison for a while. But then he's uh, out of prison again. He's got to go to prison. I think they go to prison, but then they're like, Raylan, you broke the rules. So now he gets out on technicality, because what were you doing? I think he deputizes him. Oh, deputized? He's like, I'm going to deputize you, Boyd, so you can help me. And they're like, well, then I guess we can't really send her to prison. It's, it's something to that effect. You get it, more or less. Um, So then the the final season, that's a big that's a big part of it, is that, um, again, Ava is tattling on Boyd, and then Boyd gets wind of this, and he's like, well, what are you doing? You tattling on me? That can't be. So that's a big conflict. And the other conflict is that Sam Elliott's there, and he's... He's, like, moving in and trying to take over the business and all. You get it, you know? He's like, give me my money in his deep Sam Elliott voice. Yeah. So then they're, like, Sam Elliott and Boyd are opponents. There's also some, I don't know. I don't remember all the specifics. There's some kind of stash involved from an earlier season, I think. But this final episode is basically they, they bring Boyd to justice once and for all, right? Yeah, well, Raylan gets him, finally. Uh, Ava gets away. She escapes from... From Boyd without being killed or anything. Um, there's this oh. character. What's her name? Caitlin Denver. Denver. Which one is she? She's the, the younger girl. With she's the, in a lot of stuff. You've probably seen in her in the so. truck with the yeah, yeah yeah yeah. You've seen her in things, I'm sure. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I probably don't recognize her. By her she's face. in uh, Booksmart. Oh, you ever seen Booksmart, Jack? No, I've never seen Booksmart. Yeah, Caitlin Denver, not Denver. There's no one. You gotta see Booksmart. You gotta see a lot of things. She's in Rosalind. That was a, that wasn't a very good movie. She's in Dear and Evan, Evan Hansen. That's right. That movie everybody liked. I think. Mm, mm, no. Mm. Oh no. I've got. Yeah, I was gonna call. say. I think he was like the, the girlfriend. Oh, very nice. Even though she was like almost vaguely age appropriate to pretend to be a high schooler, whereas he was like whatever thirty. We don't need to get into it. Yeah. Anyways, um, she's she's like a recurring character that like uh Raylan takes some like amount of responsibility for and is kind of you know. She comes from like a rough situation, and then she get, across the season she gets taken under the wing by like various criminal master criminal people who are like, oh, but you know it's obviously not for her best interest. But he's he looks out for her and tries to help her out where he can, kind of thing. And then uh, there's like the real bad guy in this last season, who's like the enforcer for Sam Elliott guy, mm. who's also he's like I'm a gunslinging duelist man, and uh, that guy's a real real bad guy, and he's also real real rapey like, right? It seems like it. And then they do a uh. They do a duel. They do the final last duel thing. And this is the guy who gets closest to to best in Raylan. He wings him in the head. Wings him in the head, but he do, he doesn't. Doesn't get him. No. Raylan, Raylan drew best. Drew true. That's, that's cool for you. It's another cool duel. Gotta love a duel. They got the, um, it's, that's what a song called, You'll Never Leave Harlan Alive. That's fun. I like and that. And that's a actual like country song like it's it's not for written for the show or anything because harlan's a terrible place to live yeah so that's a real thing <laughs> and yeah. um they play that at the end of every season different ones like by different artists different different covers of it. it's kind of cool mm-hmm. every time every season like when i was watching the, every season finale when they start playing that i was like oh boy it's a round of them ready to go yeah, yeah that's right but yeah they do the duel and he wins this, this crazy evil dude and um then it kind of, I mean, everyone kind of gets their happy ending to an extent. Well, except Boyd. Boyd goes, Boyd goes to prison. <laughs> well, yeah, but sometimes, you know, prison. But Ava gets to escape. Um, he goes back to Miami and four years passes. Raylan gets to go back to Miami with his daughter. So his ex, so the, the his ex-wife from the first episode. Has a different husband. Yes. Well, they get back together again briefly. 
and then they're like, let's move back to let's move to Miami together, um, with our daughter who because she she is pregnant, right? And then basically, you you see it happen in this episode is that it cuts to four years later, and now you realize, oh, well, they're no longer together. Yeah, but that's all right, I guess. You know, that's life. Somehow, that's what happens. And they got a daughter, and and like uh, he's got like a there's like a stepdad character, or whatever. He's all right. Isn't like when she calls her punk. <laughs> and then um, so she she's integral to the. The new one, City Prime Evil. City Prime Evil. She's a she's a character in this, but grown up. And then uh, Ava also turns out was pregnant, and she's got a son. And then Raylan finds her, and he's like, "We tracked you down. You're good though. You got away from us for a while though." So look at my son. It's my son. It's it's Boyd's son. My son. It's my boy's. Yeah, it's good. He's a good boy. Don't take him, Raylan. Oh, Raylan, why don't you take him? I got chicken fried. What is Raylan? Sorry, does he I find? Know. I don't. Remember, I don't remember. Does he find her specifically? He or finds do, her because of a newspaper clipping up on a pumpkin patch. But not like the marsh. The other marshals don't know, right? Like they're not. No. And he's like, I'm not he, gonna tell her. He finds it on like a whim. Yeah, he just does he, personally. And he's like, Well, I won't turn you in. I guess you can. You can ride this one out. So then he goes to prison to visit Boyd to be like to lie to Boyd. She's super fucking dead, bro. To be like, we found her deceased. She got in a car accident. Is dead. And that way he throws. Throws him off her scent forever, which you know, it's rough. But you know, it's rough to lie about that. But also, he's kind of a piece of shit. So like, yeah, Boyd's a yeah. He could have got worse. Forever. You can lie to neo Nazis. You can lie to yeah. Well, he's 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 good again. Maybe he's good and religious again. But um, and then again, this is like the 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 payoff to that same thing from the from the pilot where he's like, now Raylan, what'd you come all the way out here for though? Like you flew out here to talk to me in person just to tell me this? He's like, you could have just told me on the phone or whatever. You could have told my lawyer. And he's like, well. You know, there's always that one thing, and he's like, so we dug, we dug coal we together, dug huh? Coal. There you go. And so, I think, do they do another little... They call they call back to the first thing that they talk about, when they talk about, um. for me, it was the only thing they talked about before yeah. this. So he, he asked how Florida is, because that's what Boyd asked him when they first meet, see each other again. Um, and he's like, I advertise a lot of Jews. And he's like, well, you're around me up. Oh, you, so-and-so. He's using my neo-Nazi hatred. Um, so, that, yeah. I mean, I like that. We dug calm, full circle. Yeah. Yeah. I probably also didn't tell his lawyer because um, he'd have to prove it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he can't tell the marshals because, uh, well, you know, they'd ask questions. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the light of Boyd in person. Lying's the thing I do to a man's face. Mm-hmm. So really kind of undercuts the we dug cold thing because he's lying to him. Lying right to his yeah, face. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, a little bit. But again, it's 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 pretty low key. Yeah. He little... did it because she asked and like, probably fair. Yeah. Again, he was kind of, he really, he was trying to get her at the end there. So it's probably fair that not. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. Uh, but yeah, like I said, overall, I mean, they, obviously the specifics of the last season are a little lost, but in general, there is some definitely some like thematic tie-ins between the premiere sure. and the finale. Which, again, it, it's particularly with Boyd and Raylan, and even though because like for a lot of it, they kind of have different differing plots. You know, they're they're relatively connected, but a lot of it it'll just be like Raylan's... Boyd's doing his own stuff while while Raylan's doing his own stuff because you know they don't always find a way to seamlessly connect the tie it in every season, but. There you go. And then we'll 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 uh talk about Primeval next week probably. Yeah, probably. A little bit. Most of it. I've been watching it. You're gonna have to like, you know, catch up from the beginning or whatever if you want. But I mean it's not that much. It's less than well not less. Well no, we're, no, you're right. It's just also you got all you got all this other nonsense now. See? If only someone had told you weeks, we months can't. in advance. If I had a dollar man for every time we talked about a thing that you had told me to watch, I'd have a good amount of dollars. Why could it? What does that mean? If I had a dollar for every time you didn't watch a thing that I 
you could have easily watched, then I'd also have dollars too. I think you'd have a nearly. But then that makes it look at when I say it like that, it makes it sound like I'm right. You see how that works? Yeah, that's why I said it the way I said it. Mm, well, I'm gonna say it the way I said it, and then what? That's fine. What do you have now? Filibuster. Oh shit! Shit! We got him again. <laughs> Where is it? Why can't I find it? Do you see that? It's hidden. It's weird. View. Here it is. So yes, I've watched the first three already, and the fourth one came out this week. So there you go. I've watched the the Albanian mob. <gasps> no, Hank. He's Chechen. He's Chechen, and he's dead. Spoilers for Barry. Imagine to cross over with Barry. Imagine no Hank was here. Wow. Imagine they walk into a Walmart and buy a bunch of guns. <laughs> oh, Bill Hader, the one misstep. Not the best part of that. And episode, but no that Hank's actor is going to be Metamorpho in the Superman movie because yeah, there's sure. going to be a hundred thousand superheroes in that movie. Mm-hmm. Good for them. I think so. All right. Well, anything else to say about Justified? No, that'll do it. Perfect. So we're going to take all that into our final topic: Rebels season three. Woo! Maybe the best one. Listen, every time we've done this. Well, actually, I said the first one's not. But the, just the first one got stuff to love. But the second one, a lot of really solid episodes. Third one, also, a lot of, lot of really great stuff in this, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Again, yep. I mean, I just like the show a lot. But I do think, I uh, genuinely, some of the standout episodes of the show. Like, there's some episodes in season two that I like quite a bit that are not necessarily, like... Fan favorites? Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I don't even know what a fan favorite. But I just mean, like, like, I like Wings of the Master a lot. I don't also know that that's necessarily, like actually a, a world-class episode right mm-hmm. it's just kind of a fun one and i was just i just remember at the time being like oh they put in b-wings into rebels i don't know like it just tickled tickled your fancy tickled my fancy um but this has some of the best uh you always do that every it single tricks me. time they trick me every time um but this one has some of the i think like really really solid stuff so we no more inquisitors because if they all died last they're season, all right? got rid of them finally so one of the main um well we introduced to Thrawn. That's the big overarching threat. Mm-hmm. And then also Maul's in the background for the season. So um, we start with Steps into Shadow, part one and two, which definitely play up the, ooh, is Ezra evil and, evil and dark? I think this has got some really cool action in this first one. Uh, there's like a big, Ezra does a big hallway fight, and you're like, oh my God, his lightsaber's green. This is like Return of the Jedi. Oh my Let's God, he's got fuck. a gun. Let's go. He's just got a real gun. It's not even like a weird, stunny lightsaber gun. He it's just it. has a gun and a lightsaber it's at like the same Kanan. time. Oh my god! I love, Which I love, love a green lightsaber. Better oh. color, best color. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I uh, this all looks cool. He's 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 got some it makes very practical. Wa- makes a man walk off a cliff. Oh yeah. Well, so he just throws some guys. Listen, a lot of people like, especially in the early seasons, are like, oh look at they're kind of like this show's not as violent. It's it's perhaps not as like explicitly like. I mean, I would hesitate to call anything in Star Wars like gruesomely graphic but i just mean like it it is it does leave a little bit more to the imagination at times but also they do a lot of in this show like throwing stormtroopers from you know deadly height and first episode (laughs) agent kells kicks a guy off a cliff yeah there's a lot of that so they're doing that in this one but um yeah his his hair is all practical i mean everyone gets actually uh, new updates in this one right Mm -hmm. sabine's got um sleeves (laughs) which finally makes sense yeah you would that was goofy um Zeb's, I, I always forget. It's more like, armor, right? Yeah, it's it also, but he is showing more sleeves. I don't know. His his appearance, I feel like, is one of the l- less notable ones. Although Hera is as well, where it's like, it's not a, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Kanan gets a big difference. Because he's um, blind. Mm-hmm. This is, I feel like, so I know people said in like Jedi Survivor, like, in it, I think that game has a particular thing going on with the, with the inclusion of the blaster. And it's like, yeah. does that represent Jedi straying from the path too much? Is using using blasters. I don't know. I think it's just adaption. That's the thing. Is like I don't think it's ever treated like Kanan is in the wrong for doing so, right? But in this one, it's kind of like that. Like it's 
seems to be part of like, oh man, is Ezra losing his way? But I don't, I don't think inherently using a blast. Listen, I don't think shooting a stormtrooper with a blaster is any better or worse than, than cutting, cutting him in head half. Off, right? Yeah, so, but it's kind of a, a thing to to keep in the back of your mind. It's like they are Jedi who don't have who. who I was I was gonna say don't have to. I was gonna say more so like are not able to you know look and act like Jedi, right? Like it's yeah. like, again, it's adaptation. It's they're they're kind of being forced into this. Yeah, they have to hide in plain sight because of the you know the Empire being all the massacre horrible. So, but yeah, it's cool. Like I said the there's a cool hype hallway fight. They kill Hondo in this one. Hondo's partner gets killed. Yeah, the poor little Ugnar guy gets launched into space. If so, I thought he was gonna land and be all right, but no, he just dies. Mm-hmm. Um. Good old Hondo's back. Gotta love him. Um, and then the second part of this, or both parts, is that they're actually the the main thing is that they're stealing um ships for the fleet, right? Mm, so yeah. the the Empire's decommissioning some Y wings, and then this goes to show, you know, last last season we had the B wings. Uh it's kind of established early on that like the uh, Bail Organa provides the A wings, and this shows how the Rebellion acquired at least some of their Y wings. Yeah, uh, which I thought was cool. Again, it's just like, a, oh my god, Y wings and Star Wars Rebels! Oh my goodness, uh, Kanan's all bearded and uh, where's a helmet guy? Yeah, you know, with like the the J guys on it. Cool. Uh, this season we're introduced to the Bendu, the one in the middle, the one in the middle. So he's just like weird, organic. Yeah, weird, being. like esoteric force being of some kind. And he says he's the one in the middle, and he's not dark or light. He's just exists, and he's this big dude. It's it's you know it's one of those things uh, like a lot of stuff in Rebels, which comes from really early. Kind of ideas for Star Wars and uh, concept art and things. Initially, the um, they were going to be called the Jedi Bendu, like that was what they were called in some of the earlier scripts. Is like mm. the, the, the Jedi Bendu, so that's where that comes from. Um, but ultimately, he's not really this like um, I don't know. He's not like omnipotent by any means, right? Yeah, he just he only knows so much. He's ultimately kind of flawed, which is interesting. And some people don't don't like realize that. that about his character for some reason. Yeah. They ignore the ending. They ignore, yeah, they ignore they, his ending. Yeah. They only go, oh, episode three when he helps out Kanan. That's the only time he'll ever do anything. His arc ends here. Uh, but yeah, he, he he is interesting the way he plays out. But also, it, it, he's not like a model character by any means. No, no, no. Um, we get the episode where they get um, Wedge Antilles and Hobby Killian out of uh, Flight School, which is relatively similar to how it went in Legends, but it's cool in this one. No, it's canon. Sky Strike. Yeah. Um, you know, good on him for just defecting. God bless him. God bless him. Uh, we have the episode, another Braloth episode where Hera gets her family heirloom because um, Thrawn's whole thing in Legends and Canon is like art. Art's a big deal. You can you can understand people through their art. Know your enemy. I can destroy know your, people. Know my enemy because of art. Last battle. That's also, I think, a really good one where um, they stumble upon this like planet that has a functioning uh, droid army still on it led by a super... Or, uh, Super Commander Droid? Are they Super Tactical Droids? I think probably. Yeah, because yeah, I think they're just called Super Tactical Droid, or I don't know, whatever. It's a tactical droid. His name's Kalani or whatever. Mm, he wants to. He wants to do the Battle of the Clone Wars. He's, He's like, like this will prove once and for all, me and my droid army against you, one clone and two Jedi. <laughs> that, that's even I say. Yeah, and the Jedi always do better when they're against the wall somehow. And Rex is like, I'm in, because <laughs> he really wants the war. He's like, God, the war. I'm a soldier. I mean, no one got to win this war because of Order sixty six. So I get to prove how badass we are, and it's like, all right, Rex, calm down. Goddamn PTSD ass motherfucker, <laughs> losing it over here, bro. Uh, we does that. Uh, we got the Imperial Super Commandos one. It's a good one. Gar Saxon, who this was actually the first appearance with Gar Saxon. Very nice. Uh, 
even though chronologically this is after the Clone Wars season seven, but you know because the Clone Wars season seven didn't air initially when it was supposed, you get it. Yeah, get that yeah. Um, this is cool. I mean, this is one of the ones you watched for Mandalorian season three, right? Because it's yeah. one of the Mandalore episodes. This is when Sabine finally gets a jetpack. Uh, we, you know, we get a Fen lot. Fenrir gets on on the board. Yeah, Fenrir comes back. And he's like, oh my god, they killed all my guys. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, it's I like, guess ooh, I guess we should have been paying more attention to that. Sorry about that. Ooh, death upon that one. Sorry, Fenrau. Ooh, gee, sorry, buddy. Yeah, your friends are all dead, huh? Well, that's, you know, hey, well, you know. Win, win some, some, lose some. some. Can't win them all, buddy. <laughs> um, But we, we learn more about the politics of how Mandalore has gotten to this spot, right? Because after um the Clone Wars, basically... Bo-Katan tried for like a minute, but then the Empire just kind of swooped right on in, and then they, they, there was like the, uh, there was Mandalorians who were basically willing to betray Mandalore to help work with the Empire, most of whom were the ones who was working with Maul to begin with. And of course. So the the Saxon clan is like the Imperial Regents on Mandalore, and we, we get all this stuff, and you have these Imperial Super Commando guys who are Mandalorians who are wearing a kind of uh, hybrid Mandalorian Stormtrooper armor stuff working for the Empire, so what's going on them? Uh, the Iron Squadron episode was notable because it had the YT-1300. Is that their ship? I think that's, uh, unless that's just the Millennium Falcon, but it's the it's the one that, like, looks kind of like a Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the trailers, everyone was like, oh my god, it's the Outrider! Because in Shadows of the Empire, the ship called the Outrider, it's from Dash Rendar. Bunch of nonsense, you know? Yeah, Bunch just, of Star Wars gobbledygook. Just but it's fucking word salad. I did like how they kept thinking that each personally bigger ship was a Star Destroyer. Yeah. They're like, oh, finally, take out a Star We got a Star Destroyer. It's like, no. Oh, there's you, one. You nope. Goobers. Light cruiser. And they see one, they're like, oh, fuck, that's a Star oh, Destroyer. Oh, that is pretty big. I guess a Star Destroyer would be very, very large to destroy a star. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I've said it before, talk about some Star Wars thing or another, but like, canonically, a Star Destroyer can kill a whole planet if you just give it a little more time. It's not quite as like instantaneous as a Death Star, but they got those for bomb- all practical purposes. An orbital bombardment? It'll kill a planet. They call it Base Delta Zero. That's the protocol for it. Jeez. Uh, what else we got? Inside Man. They do a little little sneaking around. Sounds cool. What do you think of Thrawn in general throughout these? Um, I like him. It's He's just the smart Imperial, which means he's like a genius to them. He actually is like, let me anticipate their moves. Let me actually think rationally about what they would do if I was them. Like, what would I do if I was a rebel? I'd probably do this. And it's exactly what they think. of. like, oh, fuck. <laughs> Figured it out. Um, I, like when they, I like how he's not like completely unbeatable. Like he can be outsmarted and outmaneuvered, like using his own like hubris and whatever against him. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is how you should do smart characters. Because some I think sometimes media is like this character is smart and they're only smart and they're so smart they cannot be outsmarted. Frankly, I think that the books, the Thrawn books and stuff, do tend to do that. The, the different novels, both in Legends and in Canon, because almost all of them are written by the same guy, or mm-hmm. by Timothy Zahn, who created Thrawn, to, to his credit and all. But I think they lean a little more into that. And especially because the, the canon Thrawn books, they make him out to be, like, I don't know, I would almost say he's like an anti-hero, almost. Mm. Um, and I don't know if that characterization really works. Doesn't sound like it, no. But there's basically this whole thing of, like, no, he's doing, you know, the Empire, not because he really likes the Empire, but because um, the gist of it is, like, well, he thinks the Empire is... He, there's a bigger threat, and so the Empire needs to be there to fight the bigger threat kind of thing, and so he has to preserve the Empire for that kind of, you know, and it's it's a little convoluted, and it's like, does this really make sense or whatever? But the show is largely unconcerned with that. Yeah. Just about- just, he's just a villain. He's just an Imperial. Uh, but yeah, he's cool. Mads Mikkelsen does good. Or uh, not Mads Mikkelsen, but his brother. 
the other one. Sads Mickelson? Yeah, Sads Mickelson. He does a great job. And he's returned now, as we know. For they made him blue. Cool, right? He does a great job, right? I mean, he's, oh, yeah. he's very suitable, I think. More soft-spoken than I expected. Yeah, yeah. He whispers more, which I guess is the point. That's the thing. It's like he doesn't really need to. He, he just shout. He knows, he knows all the answers, so he can just chill. Uh, Visions of Voices is a cool episode. So they go to Dathomir. It's where they get the uh, Darksaber. So she gets the Darksaber, right? They, they, Maul finishes the kind of... Uh, ritual things so that they both get their answers from the the Vision. holocrons because they like show them together and that somehow shows you the future or whatever. Mm. It's not really clear, but um, Ezra wants to. What does he? Does he want? Does he say specifically he wants Jedi, but he wants someone to help? Or is like who? How do we defeat the Empire? Is yeah, that how, how? Yeah, how do we defeat the Sith? Oh, is that it? okay? He says, "How do we defeat the Sith?" And Darth Maul just wants to know where Kenobi is because he's insane. And as it turns out, both the same answer. They're kind of the same answer, right? Because yeah. the way they defeat the Sith. Not that Ezra would know, but it's Luke Skywalker. It's Luke, and obviously Obi Wan is hiding on Tatooine with Luke. So they both see that and they're like, "Ooh, I guess we're gonna follow up on that." Um, we had a two-parter here with Sagarera. It's the first Sagarera appearance oh, yeah. in the show, and he's just terrible. To f- it's pretty crazy, out. right? Like, and this is like pretty decent Sagarera. This is before he's going too too crazy. When he's like a robot wise. man, he's yeah, he's he's got all his parts still in this one. He's like he's totally cool. Um, yeah, he he tries to do a genocide. Basically, they get to Geonosis and they're like, "Oh, there's like one one more one dude left here, and he's got one egg, right? Mm-hmm. It's a queen, which egg. is a queen egg. So that maybe they can start up their species again." And Sagara just wants to kill him with like gas. Oh yeah, just get rid of him. That's a bit. That's a bit excessive. Sagara. Wants to destroy the egg. Yeah, man, come on, don't do that, Sagara. Yeah, they keep calling him like Clicky or something. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Clicky, is that even his name? Well, probably not, but. You, you, I mean, no, you know she's crazy. Yeah, that's true. Be hard to, to just know on your own. Mm-hmm. Uh, Warhead's kind of a filler one. Don't care much about that one. So then Trials of the Darksaber, again, one of the very standout episodes, I think, of the whole series. And so to use the Darksaber, it's a very fun line, fun interaction when um, Kanan is training Sabine and having Ezra spar with her with the lightsaber, and Fenrir is there, and he's like, oh, there's all these fun Mandalorian tricks. And she uses tried to use them against Ezra, and Kanan is like, you know what? No, this shit sucks. You know, you're talking about your fun Mandalorian Jedi War? Look, read the history. Who won? I think you'll find it's me, the Jedi. All right? These tricks don't actually work. Your little bibs and bobs, your shields and your slings. Get actual, like, discipline. Yeah. You guys are too focused on your weapons, you freaks. Which is cool. Listen, I love Kanan. Um, but this is a genuine one where he's getting, like, frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we get, the, we get all the Darksaber lore, right? Which is... This is a really cool sequence. Uh, there's a little, like, uh, stylized animation... Of like the history of Tar Vizsla and the and the dark saber, which is cool. Um, but yeah, again, it's just training. It's just again, this is another one. It's part of the Mandalore like arc in this mm-hmm. series. Sure. So you watch it for. Season I made three. you watch it for season three of Mando, and uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I think I like it. Yeah, for sure. Lots of good philosophy about like training and the Force, and um, you know, she can't really use the Force, right? But like the same techniques, obviously, um, apply. apply. Unless they're gonna make her use the force in the new show, but I don't think so. I still don't think so. Perhaps you you never know. Um, but also, there's kind of something to be like she isn't a Jedi, and so she gets to kind of she does get to do both, right? And then Kanan's also kind of like being a bit extreme and stuff. But yeah, it's cool. And it's also where we get the established lore that like the dark saber's heavy. Yeah, it's heavy. In a way for that the you? other ones aren't. If you're not like committed enough, it'll it'll feel yeah. heavy to you. And that's why it was great that um, Din had heavy in the beginning of season three, and then it got lighter when he became. Mandalore, the ruler. Yeah, when he like when he you know did his journey, evolved and, and did his hero's growth and his journey and stuff, and then it got better, and then he he was able to wield it proficiently, and he didn't just like 
not give it like up. give it to someone else or something that, because that wouldn't really make sense she saved them because he was captured by a spider or something mm-hmm. who, who knows uh there's some good canaan hera moments in this one where they're, she's like oh come on don't be so frustrated and he's like oh it's tough kids are tough i can't kids, raise them the kids are tough our children are hard <laughs> they're hard to raise don't you think and she's like oh, yes and then maybe they're in love with each other i think maybe it's weird we'll see <laughs> let's not think about it. i'm gonna actually i think i'll head out um but yeah well, it's just good stuff do learn. Oh, Sabine, that's it. That Sabine has a big thing. It culminates in he's like, "All right, I can tell I'm not getting through. There's something. There's something not. She's not quite telling me here." So then he like pushes her, um, and is basically goading on. And then she's like, "All right, listen. Here's here's my tragic backstory." Oh, I love it. Everyone loves a good tragic backstory. And she does her does her whole thing, which is that the reason she has like doesn't live on Mandalore and is like with the rebels is because she like accidentally. Somehow uh, made a weapon designed specifically to kill to fry Mandalorians. To fry Mandalorians is kind of a shame. So she's yeah. like, "Ooh, yeah. probably should stay away from them. They probably won't be too pleased with me." And then the next episode is to follow up to that, where uh, she goes to her home planet, where her family's uh, her, her clan specifically lives, because it's like again, that's the whole thing in Mandalorian space is that they get like different ones. So her house get her family gets a like a castle. On their own little planet thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's Westeros. It's cool stuff. I like it a lot. I like the whole, like, house-clan system they got going on where it's like, yeah, we conquered so much of the planet, or so much of the galaxy that we just got our own little pocket of space pocket here and everyone gets their own stuff. So, this is cool. It's a, I think it's a really cool-looking uh, planet. There's some cool-looking stills on this one. It's like, look at this big wintry estate. Isn't it wonderful and lovely? Charming? Her brother is a super commando because he's a doofus. Fucking goober. Her mom's there, and she's like, "Hey, by the way, I got this though." And they're like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Are you Mandal? Are you gonna do? You gonna do a Mandalore? Are you gonna Mandal the Redeemer or something? Oh shit! You gonna get us all together? You gonna get us all together? You gonna you gonna dark saber this up?" She's oh, like, "I'm gonna dark saber up something fierce." And then the super commandos show up, and she kills Dark Gar Saxon in a duel with Ezra's lightsaber, no less. She wins the dark saber from him. So you know that she knows how to use Ezra's lightsaber. So and then so then in which becomes a Jedi. Soka, you're like, oh, what? what? She's a Jedi. Uh, but yeah, it's cool. She does a genuine lightsaber fight and is good at it. This one right here. I'm like, ooh, look at that. That's very Pretty. nice. Oh, I went too far again. Through Imperial Eyes. Um, this is when it's revealed that Kallus is, is new Fulcrum. Cool. Good out. twist, I thought. Yeah, I thought it was good. I kind of saw it coming. Oh, yeah, you did. But, you know, he That's has right. such a good episode that we talked about last week in, or, yeah, last week in um Honorable Ones. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like, yeah, I really was a bad guy. And he comes around. This this like is one of the things that fuels my um, theory that every decent imperial character is either a defector or about to be a defector, just an evil, just evil. Yeah, <laughs> any any decent imperial character of any kind is just unabashedly evil, and th- that can still make them interesting characters. But if you're trying to tell me that your character is like a good person at all, they either have to be completely oblivious or they defect. Yeah, they leave. Whenever anyone's like, "Man, why don't we have more imperial characters who just stay imperial?" Because they're evil. They're the villains. Because they're Nazis. We do this a lot, but I was like, it's always the weirdest thing to be to be like, man, why is it that every time there's a good, Imperial character who's a good guy, he like goes away from the Imperial philosophy? Hmm. Hmm. What could that be? I can't, be? I can't use critical thinking, so I will ignore it. Goofus. Oh, this has one of my favorite um, comedic bits of the whole series. Is when he's like, all right, you guys got to make it look convincing. Is port fourth and, and just like instantly, yeah, like zero hesitation, no no time to like, all right, let me get, let me get ready, let me pose for this. He just force pushes him through the, the like window thing, mm. and then um, Kanan gets upset, right? I think it's I think it's further back, further back, and he's like Ezra, and he's like, what? 
that looks convincing. He's like, yeah, but I was going to do it. <laughs> yeah. I think it's good. But then they're like, they catch on to him probably. Yeah, like almost immediately. They're like, hmm. Because Thrawn's too smart. And they see that he got, he's got the bigger walls. So he's like, why do you have Sabine's painting with a Lothcat? Are you following us? What, how much do you know? Is it in this one or is it earlier? No, I think it's, I think you missed it. What? I don't think I did. I'm saying, is it, is that even a different episode maybe? It could be. I don't know, regardless. Um, one of those episodes has that joke. I don't know. It's a good joke, whatever it is in. Secret Cargo is the Mon Mothma one where she leaves the Senate and... Um, Declares herself a rebel- in rebellion. Yeah. Does it like an open uh, message to everyone being like, we're going we're gonna to be rebels. It's going to be sick. Which is kind of like the beginning of the formation of the Rebel Alliance properly. So it's been went to splintered cells. And then Twin Sons, which I think is probably the best episode of the whole series for me personally. Which, oh, yeah. Well, it's I don't know. Stuff. It's really, really good. I mean, it's it's. I guess it's kind of lame to say that like one of the best episodes is... Obi-Wan Kenobi? Yeah, the Obi-Wan Kenobi one that doesn't really feature the crew. But I mean, Ezra's there and he does some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, But yeah, the conclusion for, for Maul and Obi-Wan is top tier i think oh absolutely i don't i frankly i don't know like how much more you could expect out of it really it's 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 dang near perfect for what it is um maul shows up to like find obi-wan other knows he's on here and he's wandering through the desert and going all crazy then ezra gets there too to try to meet him and they both eventually come upon him yeah, ezra gets there first and he's trying to warn him he's like no nah, i got him and, and obi-wan's like listen i appreciate what you're doing but no i'm i'm not gonna come with you and he's like, listen, maybe maybe the way we do defeat the Sith is here, but probably not the way you think. Mm-hmm. So you just head on back. You have a good one. So you have a good you, life. What you saw was true from a certain point. From of a certain view. point of view. So you have a good one, all right? Uh, I'll hold it down here. Anderson's like, all right, we'll see you. Then Maul shows up and is like, I got to kill you. I was going to say, yeah, because Maul shows up and he's like, all right, well, I will leave. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be around with this. And then this is just really solid, really solid interaction with him. The dialogue, the every part of this, man. It's a great Obi-Wan moment. It's like, this is Obi-Wan at his most Obi-Wan. He's come around, right? Um, we talked about Kenobi. I talked, well, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show. I talked about how, like, he's clearly in between, right? Like, the mm-hmm. prequels and, like, here, right? Because, to me, this is, like, peak, most enlightened Obi-Wan. And that's not to say he's even perfect, because we know from the, you know, from the, the original trilogy. movies, he makes mistakes still. But yeah. she wants to kill Vader. Really solid stuff. He's all like, look at you. You're, you're a rat in the desert. You're all pathetic. And Obi-Wan's like, look whatever isn't above. Yeah. He's he's got a good line. He's like, if if you define yourself only by um like your ability to take life, then some some meaningless. I don't know what is he saying. Um, back further when he's like before they put the fire out. Is it? Yeah. Oh yeah. He's not like, oh, you're all li- living in squalor, which is, I mean, objectively true. Yeah, living the horrible. Sand if you define yourself by your power to take life, a desire to dominate, to possess, then you have nothing. And yeah, it's true. Absolutely. Because obviously, if you're yeah, if you're only trying to take, if you're only things that you can take from others and you have nothing for yourself. And then, and he's like pretty, he's pretty chill about it the whole time, which is cool. And he's, he, it seems like he's generally trying to get through to Maul, maybe like avoid this. Yeah, trying to get him to save him. And then Maul's like, what are you doing here, Obi-Wan? He's like, you're protecting something, aren't you? You're protecting someone. And then Obi-Wan's like, well. No, you gotta die. Gloves gotta come off. Yeah, you can't just be threatening Luke like that. I can't let any, I can't let you get Luke or tell people about Luke, so we gotta fight. And um. This is unironically one of my favorite lightsaber duels ever uh, put to screen for Star Wars. It's really, really short in, in literally like three blows. Mm-hmm. They barely yeah. move. Um, a lot of the duel happens like before they yeah, it's trade this, blows, right? It's them sizing each other up. It's this like sizing each other up thing. And it's this, you know, we've known each other for like 40 years now. Yeah. You've they killed fought me. many times. 
and uh like they're they're literally you know they're nemeses and um the way obi-wan wins here is that he like goads maul into doing this right because he starts in his own pose then he moves to qui-gon's pose Mm -hmm. which leads uh maul to think i'm gonna do the same thing i did to qui-gon here except obi-wan anticipated that so then he knew he was gonna do that and so he doesn't to the through the same trap. And then he gets him. And again, it's like three blows. They like clashed once or twice and then it cuts him in half. Kind of cuts him right down the chest. And it's like very much um playing up to the like tradition of samurai movies and stuff mm-hmm. which originally inspired Star Wars, right? Cuz that's that's a big thing from those movies back in the day is like these like two blows or sometimes even one blow like cuz they yeah, you finish it in one hit cuz you're so skilled, so honed. Which I think I mean I've often heard that's like that's how real sword fights are in real life. Yeah. You're not like going crazy and going. Like it's one or two blows and then one of you hits and because there's not a lot of just like we're hitting our swords against each other. It's mostly yeah. like, well, I'm trying to get your sword out of the way so I can get you. And then one of us is going to get one of us. And mm-hmm. yeah. So there's to it. Um, which is really cool. I just I think it's a really slick duel. And I remember at the time I was like, wow, that's not at all what I expected, right? You know, everyone was thinking like, oh, okay, we're going to get some sick Obi-Wan Darth Maul duel. And then it happens and you're like, that was it. It's done. Yeah. And I think what I also really like, again, this is just like really solid Obi-Wan stuff, is that he um, he like shows compassion to him at the end, right? Absolutely. Yeah. He's like, he just tried to kill him. He threatened Luke. But now that it's done, he's like, well, it's over now. You're dying now. Like, I don't need to harbor any ill will of you. Like, mm-hmm. part of here is done. And Wall's like, will he, will he avenge us? And he's like, I, I, yeah, I think he will. I'm hoping he does. Even he's not sure, but it's his best shot. And Wall's like, all right, yeah, I guess I, can live I, with that. I guess I can go. As in, die with that. He finally kind of lets go of all his anger, at yeah, least at the yeah. end. At least at the end. Which is very nice. I think so. And then we know from, from a certain point of view that he gives him a uh, proper like uh, burial. Or whatever. Well, he burns him. He gives him a pyre. That's cool. Which is nice. That's good guy. be a forest ghost, though. Oh, no. Darth Maul does not get to be a forest ghost. The last guy gets to be a forest ghost. Probably, actually, probably Palpatine's the last guy. Oh, yeah. He gets just to come back from for a different reason. <laughs> yeah. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get Zero R, which is the two-part finale, which is the the big attack on the base. And then this is when... Uh, Bendu goes in action. Bendu goes in action. Admiral Sato does a mag- honorable sacrifice. Very sad. Uh, and yeah, this is the part where Bendu is like, they're like, Cannon's like, you want to help us? And the Bendu's are like, I'm the one in the middle. I can't choose. Good or so. Listen, good and bad are equally valid, don't you think? He's like, what are you talking about? No <laughs> way. Hadn't you thought of that? Kanan, shut the Maybe f- the Empire's no worse than you guys from the certain point of view. And it's like, shut up. You goober, you're not doing anything. Like, his whole character, I think, is an indictment of, like... True center- neutralism. Yeah, true neutralism of, like, well, if I, you know... Heroes on both sides and all that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I, you know, if I fight them, then I'm no better than than they are, isn't it? It's, it's kind of all that different ideas. And, and well, he ends up getting shot. <laughs> yeah, he gets shot. Out of, he's, he's a storm, and they shoot him out of the sky. <laughs> and then Thrawn just walks up to him physically and shoots him in the head, so... Just kills him. Mm-hmm. Eyes he kill a first being? Magic. Yeah, I don't know. He um, must he probably comes back. We never see him again, but I assume he's out dead. there somewhere. Yeah. He's he you know, re incorporates a body of some kind. Probably one with less like protrusions. Maybe. Yeah, icky. Yeah, good stuff. Uh and then from this on, this this allows them to lead into season four where they just join the whole um, large rebellion yeah. proper on um you know, Yavin, the the group obviously that we know of from New Hope. So once again, it's kind of like the end of, or well, the very beginning of season two, I suppose, where they're they're kind of brought low again, but then they get to rise up right at the end, rise up and, and join a bigger group. So a thing larger than themselves. Mm-hmm. That's that's where we lead into a season uh, 
four here. Very nice. And then we just do the uh, Mandalorian. That's right. The plot. And that's what we start up with is the Mandalorian Civil War. But yeah, man. Good season. I think so. Again, some of the best episodes. Trials of the Dark Saber. Twin Suns. Twin, Twin Suns is probably the best of the whole season, I'd say. Yeah. I mean, again, it's stuff I don't... It is tough to be like, Obi-Wan gets the coolest stuff in this whole show, but he, but he does. I mean, he's Obi-Wan. He kind of does. If you're going to give anybody the coolest I mean, stuff... I mean, listen, season four, there's a lot of good stuff for our, for our actual yeah. Rebels characters, so... Uh, yeah. Season four is like half on Lothal. Oh, yeah. It's it's kind of bringing it back to the roots, because the first season is very much centered around Lothal, and then they get bigger, and then they kind of just keep expanding out until we're part of the whole you know, galactic scale, Rebel Alliance and all this, and then mm. season four, we come focus back in. Yeah. That does it? Yeah, I think it probably does it. We'll do season four, and then after that, Ahsoka. Ahsoka is here. It's coming fast. It's exciting. It really is. It's coming right yeah. up. So that should be good. Um, Alakito are too short, though. I can't go... Gotta, gotta say it this episode, because we gotta say it once an episode. Things are too short. Lakito tales? No. Oh, the Leku? What do you oh, say? Leku. What's Lakito? Mispronounced Leku. I had no clue what you're getting. It's a made I'm sorry. Leku. Leku tales. Too short. Well, yeah, they're too. Well, they, yeah, certainly. And we'll say it. We've all seen them. Say it a hundred times. The Ahsoka show. A hundred times. They made them wrinkly as well, which looks. They look like they made a foam and they've been smushed too much. Well, it's weird because I feel like that's an intentional thing that they did to make them look more like. A body part. Yeah, organic tissue that they're wrinkly, right? But I, I feel like I've only ever seen it universally said by everyone that the wrinkles make them look more fake. Yeah. I, I personally, I don't think I felt like I don't, the wrinkles are not my biggest problem with them by any means. But again, I've seen a lot of people be like, the wrinkles just make them look like they're crinkled foam. And I'm yeah. Like, oh, I feel like it was, in, I don't think that was like a, well, man, we just can't get these wrinkles out. Because you can't iron them out. Well, send them in. But yeah, most people seem to think that way, so. It's weird. I don't know. We'll see. Those are, people people get more worked up about some of this. Listen, Star Wars fans always a contentious lot. Don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, they're fiery. We've always talked about that. But the animation fans are a, are are a specific Breed. subbreed, and then they have their own issues with it with Ahsoka and not Ahsoka and and, and all this and casting for various reasons and whatnot. So which we'll, I'm sure we'll get into some of when we get there. But absolutely, we will. But right now we're gonna wrap it up right about here. So. Thanks so much for listening. As always, you can find us on anywhere you find your podcasts or for our social medias. You can find us on Twitter or I guess now X at <laughs> Akatech Jazz, Akatech J A Z, on Gmail at Akatech Jazz at gmail.com, on Instagram at The Akatech Podcast. Our intro is done by Silvery Salt. You can find him on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Instagram for his musical endeavors. Our logo was done by a friend of the show, Jeffrey Gonzalez. You can always find him. It's inkocean.jpg on Instagram or on Redbubble. And as always, we wrote it, we produced it, we built all the sets. Say goodnight to the people, Zach. Good night. Good night. Godspeed.